Introducing birthdays with the worst days. Now we're talking sports and it's Earth Day. Glenn Jumman Clark, he's our hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. With your powers combined, he is Glenn Clark. I'm a little bit worried about whether or not that's actually water that Papa Cass is consuming this morning. She is. Out of breath. She's on one. She is on one. Did you say you, there's no? She just made a face that was it was something else. I don't know what's I, going that on. That may be her drunk face. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Paul. Papa Cass is here today. Unfortunately, little Jordan apparently is sick now. I don't think it's Kobe. He had the Kobe once before, so I don't know. He said he was getting tested for strep. I don't think you can get it by proxy, but I woke up this morning with a sore throat. That's all I'm saying. I don't, I don't, I don't have a strap. I'm fine. I just it's, heard just them, aller- it's just allergies. I just heard them talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's text messages going for the throat. What? So you said you had a sore throat. It's oh, just a- Oh, okay. All right. Cass wants to say something. You have to turn her mic on in order to you do You know that. the court case is right next to my house? What? Yeah, they're in, it's, in, it's in Virginia. Oh, in Virginia? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, wait I a actually second. went to court there once. For, for what? A traffic I, ticket. No, I was a, I was a witness. Oh. To like a woman beating a child. Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, I'm not convinced that's water. I think there's no. something. Cass is on one this morning. I'm telling you. Yeah, All my right. mommy had to go. Lots to do today here on GCR. Uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes, our friend Sarah Perlman's going to join us. She is working with NBC, of course, and covering the USFL now. We will chat with her about that. Um, later on this hour, Sam Sessoms, who has decided to come to Coppin State from Penn State. He was scoring double-digit points at Penn State and has decided to finish his career at Coppin State. That's not a jump you see every day. So we just want to know why. I mean, we're excited about it. It's a, it's a great player for Juan Dixon to add at Coppin State. We just, just, it's an interesting story. It's an interesting finding out why is something I've been wanting to do. So we'll chat with Sam Sessoms about that. Um, stuff and things is, I guess, what we say for the rest of the morning here on GCR as uh, we got a couple other irons in fires for the day. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, where we will be in six days for the first round of the NFL Draft. You're going to want to join us in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Why? Well, you'll want to join us because it's the best betting night of the year. And you're going to want to join us because we always have tremendous giveaways for you. All you got to do is come sign up, and while you're, while you're hanging out, let's just say you're winning money, you can also win great prizes. If you're losing money, you can feel a little bit better about your losses by winning some great prizes. I'll be there, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, my co-host Sunday on The Fan. She's going to be there. Look forward to seeing you. Now, we've sweetened the pot. Let's say you want to go, you want to hang out, and maybe you don't want to have to pay for your booze or your food. I don't blame you. Who wants to do that? I'd rather never have to pay for any of it. So if you go right now to pressboxonline.com slash contest, you can register to win a VIP experience in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for the first round of the NFL Draft. You and three of your friends will have a reserved table, which is significant because it's going to be a packed house this coming Thursday night. And... A $300 tab, courtesy of your friends at PressBox and the fine folks in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. You don't have three other friends? Make them. 
Cass says she'll go. She'll be your friend. You don't want three other friends? Well, that's a different conversation altogether. But whatever it is that you do, you want to get signed up, pressboxonline.com slash contests right now, and you can win a VIP experience for four in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for next Thursday night, April 28th, for the first round of the NFL Draft. Again, pressboxonline.com slash contests. And even if you don't win, we hope that we will see you out there for the draft. All right? Get signed up right now. We will uh, we will delay our uh, recap. We'll get to that here in a bit because right out of the shoot this morning, it's good to catch up with our next guest. Of course, you remember her from Masson, and now you've been watching her on NBC and the various NBC platforms. She does a lot of gambling coverage, and she's added USFL responsibilities this season. She is our friend Sarah Perlman, and she's back with us now here on GCR. Sarah, it's Glenn and Paul. It's always great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me on. What's going on? Uh, everything is good. All right, you know I have to ask. Were, were you watching yesterday? I was. Okay. What was your reaction as you watched that entire scene unfold? Oh, that's such a loaded question, honestly. <laughs> I, uh, I woke up this morning still thinking about it. Um, my immediate reaction was either I don't know the rules right or, you know, the call was wrong or what have you. What? I mean, I kind of stand by I don't think he made a, an yeah. attempt to go to second. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, there's yeah. no doubt about I that. I mean, I was kind of mind blown more than anything, but it is what it is. Do, do, you, do you say, like, okay, this is what I'm always interested in because I deal with this with my buddies sometimes. Do you say anything about it or do you just leave it alone afterwards? You mean to Trey? Yeah. Oh, no, we talk about okay, it. Okay, all right. Yeah, no, we, we definitely talk about it. Right. Do, you, do you make fun of him? Are you able to be like, dude, you really lost your mind there? Like, are you able to do it that way? Or is that, can you I think not? I kind of side, I think, um, I think I side with it more than anything. You okay. Know, like, you're passionate about your career. I'm passionate about Hell my yeah. career. the same. Hell so, I yeah. mean, I think sometimes if you get really fired up, I mean, that happens. I don't blame life, him at so. all. It was the worst yeah. call I've ever seen in my life. It right, was insane. right, right. So he felt, you know, he felt bad, and I think he made that very clear about the words he chose. But you move forward, and when you're heated, it's sometimes hard to, you know, hold your emotions no, back. No, so no we doubt. move forward to today. No <laughs> doubt. All right, so Sarah, tell me about the USFL. Tell me about getting involved with it. Uh, this will be weekend number two coming up, and and what is it about the USFL that you're excited about, and you hope that people are going to be excited about as they tune in? Yeah, so I'm not doing this weekend. I'll be back in Alabama for week three. So um, I, think, I think what's really cool about the USFL, honestly, from my perspective, is giving people an opportunity to pursue their dream, right? A lot of these guys haven't had an opportunity to play professional football from COVID year, from college, what have you, coaches getting an opportunity. And also some of these guys are damn good. And I think from my perspective, watching a lot of these players get an opportunity, on top of the fact that it's a really fun league, I got to go to a lot of practices and obviously cover the first weekend it's exciting, and if you love football, um, you know, betting on it or not, you like to watch football, why not? I think we need a spring football league. You know, you talk a lot of baseball. I certainly watch and talk a lot of baseball. Like, having a minor league system, for example, is crucial, and I think football needs that spring league to kind of help keep football a year-round for fans, but also give some of these players an opportunity to take it to the next level and pursue their dreams of professional sports. So it's been fun. I think everyone should watch. It's an exciting league, and the games are uh, – 
they're super entertaining. First week in the book, so I think this week will be even better. Sarah, was there any particular player that like stood out to you over the first week, and you're like, this is the guy? You know, maybe the way that a couple years ago um, PJ Walker was in the XFL, like somebody that that stood out to you, and you're like, you need to keep your eye on this guy because this is the type of player that could end up finding their way back into the NFL. You know, there were a few, and I think it's funny. Mark Thompson, who went to Florida, ironically enough, is a running back. I saw him get some action. I thought he was stellar. I think Clayton Thorson showed a lot of um, really good football and good quarterbacking for their first week. So I think there's a few players, and I'm more excited now to see after week one so tough. They have like a month to get all of their stuff together um, and put these teams together and practice and get to know each other. And I think even from now on, we're going to see a lot of better special teams and even three-point attempts. But yeah, I think there's quite a few players out there that, that have a real shot at coming back to the NFL or getting at least some opportunities um, and signing with the team and on, on a practice squad. You just said, a, we're chatting with Sarah Perlman, of course, is covering the USFL for NBC. You just said a phrase in there that I think a lot of people are confused by because you said three-point attempts. And I, I, right. thought, I thought that was a basketball term. So for those that don't know, what is a three-point attempt in the USFL? Yeah, so you can go through uh, an attempt or a three-point attempt. And it's honestly, I think, kind of interesting um, and exciting because pretty much teams have the option of either, like, attempting a pass or a run from the 10-yard line after scoring, and that's to go for a three. So you can obviously come back from a big deficit or take a big lead. So I love it. I mean, it is something that I think adds a little extra intrigue. It's certainly yes. something that, that makes it a little bit different. And when a, a team falls behind by a little bit, they're not maybe as far out of it as we would see in a typical football game. Right, right. And that's why I like this. So I, I, we hadn't seen the attempts last week, but I'm thinking maybe this week or following we will. Um, you mentioned the betting side of things, and I know that's right up your alley. Uh, Paul was trying to convince me yesterday that I should bet an over on was the Gamblers game this weekend. Uh, I okay. saw a lot of low scores last weekend, and I think the number was like 41. Uh, or, or, uh, something tells me that like defense is more the story in the early going of this. Would I be crazy betting an over at this point in the USFL oh, season? You know, I'm not betting. I'm not betting USFL myself because of your job. I, I get that. I get that. You know what? But you know what? I I kind of agree with you. I mean, I've seen some low totals, and sportsbooks are typically right, and we saw so much better play from defenses last week than offenses clicking a lot of running so yeah I kind of I kind of side with you there I would hold off wait another week to see if these offenses start clicking that's where I am I just need to I need to see Don't it before before yeah right yeah what, what does Paul know <laughs> you're all gonna be sorry when, 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 when this parlay hits tomorrow I'm just saying <laughs> Paul's very you're excited gonna, you're gonna be praising me on Monday very excited about this parlay Sarah hey with that in mind what's the craziest thing you've ever bet on and I bring that up because you may or may not be talking to someone who has legitimately won a lot of money this week betting on Ukrainian ping pong who's doing that uh that would be me that would oh be oh my gosh sarah that is crazy. sarah as um, on, a, on a lark it was the only thing going on i had a I, it was the sun i lost on the sun's game the other night because of the chris paul injury and you know how i'm sure you know how it goes when you lose yeah. on something you just immediately want it back and the only yeah. thing that was left to bet on that night was some ukrainian ping pong and i said ah what the hell i'll throw a couple bucks and then I won that one. And I said, well, why don't I throw a couple of bucks on something? No, I won like 12 straight. <laughs> okay, that's the craziest thing. I, I do not bet anything like that. Okay. And I would tell you, 
as someone who works in betting to not chase, you know, if you're behind. Oh, no doubt. It's, it's, it's definitely how you get yourself in so much trouble, but it happened to right, work out. For right. Me. Um, the craziest thing I've bet on, I had a bet um, with BetMGM when I was living in Tennessee for two different players to score two touchdowns, and it was like, I think I got 500 to one. And um, I hit it. I won a ton of money. Do you, do you remember who the players I, were? Um, yes. It was it was the Browns and the Ravens game. Okay. And Browns uh, and Gus Edward, and we need to find that game. It would be in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Okay. Um, yeah, and that or twenty twenty rather, so we could find it the exact. All right, game. all right. So it was Gus Edwards and who? And uh, Kareem Hunt. And Kareem Hunt, and they both I scored. I want to say it was it was either Gus Edwards or another running back for the Ravens at the time, and. I think the game was in Cleveland. I'll find it. Was it the was it the wild game at the end of the year where where Mar- Lamar Jackson had to go to the toilet? Was it that game on uh, on the Monday nights? You know, I I don't think so. Okay, all right. Think it was a all right, we're gonna Jackson. we're gonna find it. But does it make you? you do you find yourself now? Like, are you a bigger Gus Edwards fan because of something like that? Do you find yourself like purposefully rooting for Gus Edwards? Yeah, always. Of Honestly, course. I'm someone that <laughs> I'm never. A- you know, having been engaged to an athlete, I'm never upset with the athlete after, you know, some people right. are like, screw you, whatever, whatever. But totally, <laughs> like, I'm rooting for him 24-7 now right. because he won me some money. And he I delivered for you. Exactly yeah. right. It was big time. He delivered for you. That is yeah. awesome. All right, so, Sarah, you're off this weekend, but you're back next weekend. And and, and ex- explain to everybody, are you doing studio? Are you doing sideline? What, what all are you yeah. going to be doing? So I'll be, when I'm back in Alabama next week for USFL Week 3, I'll be doing halftime, bridging the two uh, NBC games. So one's on NBC, one's on USA. So during both of those games, I'll be on the field doing halftime shows there, about 10 minutes, different interviews and segments. So I will be on uh, both of those next week. Awesome. And it's at Sarah Perlman on Twitter, correct? Yes, it is. Awesome. Hey, Sarah, great to catch up with you. Congratulations on the gig and look forward to chatting with you again real soon, all right? All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. Sarah Perlman checking in with us. We're going to have to talk about it, obviously. We're going to talk about what happened yesterday. That was insane. I think I'm going to have to cool it on the Ukrainian ping pong betting. I think I'm going to have to ease up on that. I made a mistake last night. It was a Yiri versus Yiri match. Not kidding about this. Two different Yiris competing in a ping pong, and I bet the wrong Yiri. Accidentally. I decided who I was betting on, and then I accidentally clicked the name of the other year. I mean, it's a classic mix-up. Everybody, it's like a Pam Pan dilemma, you know. It's, it, it <laughs> I think happens. I can help with this Yuri right. Yuri dilemma. Everybody, it's happened to everybody. Who hasn't been there where you're sitting down to bet a Yuri Yuri Ukrainian ping pong matchup, and you accidentally bet on the wrong Yuri? We've all been there. It's a tale as old as time. Beauty and the Beast, you know. Like we've all been in that situation. So. Just you can only ride the lightning for so long, man. Yeah, well, look, man, I was chasing the dragon, and inevitably it was going to come correct. Today I'm betting some tennis. Uh, ooh, I have Cam Norrie, so I could use him finishing this off right now against old. Uh, who am I telling? You know, Martin Fuksovich. You know. Ah, who doesn't know Martin <laughs> you're, Fuksovich? You're a big Fuksovich. All those endorsements. Uh, I'm very nervous about that one. Um, I decided to get away from Ukrainian ping pong. I had I had a fun week. It was fun. It was uh, as uh, what Lil Dicky might say, it was fun while it lasted. It was fun while it lasted, but uh, it's no longer. Is that show coming back? By the way, is Dave coming back? I don't know. I, I only made it through the first episode of the last season. Why? 
I don't know. My, my I don't boy. love it the way that other people love it, and I certainly don't love Lil Dicky as much as other people love Lil Dicky. I I don't. Th- I think he's a, a better personality than he is. A, I don't think he's mm-hmm. a very good rapper. I think he's not good at all. Um, um, but I think he's funny enough that the show worked. So we watched it. We 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 loved season one. Season one was hysterical. Then we watched we watched the first episode season, of season was two. season one the the milking season was that yeah one? yeah okay yeah. that was that yeah was, it was, that was it pretty was, good it was hysterical it was pretty good. but so then we we watched the first episode of season two and neither one of us were really the real on for lack the of a real bit. issue with season two and this is why I actually wondered if they'd even bring it back for another season the real issue with season two was that you realize they should really be doing a show about Gaeta because he is far more compelling, far more talented, far more interesting than Lil Dicky is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's almost... Like, you almost want to grab him by his neck and be like, dude, you're the star. Like, you're the guy. Mm-hmm. This guy's terribly... And some of that might just be the way they present the show. I remember talking to Kyle about this. Like, if, if that's not reality, if that's just the way they present the show, then it's a mistake. Like, right. you, you can't... You're you're making it so this guy doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. This guy's a joke. He doesn't belong. But this other guy, who's his sidekick, really does, and he's being held back by the guy that doesn't belong, and it's infuriating. Yeah, what, but I I didn't like the direction of Dave's character. So I'm 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 watching it, and I'm like, ah, I, it, like it, he rubbed me so the wrong way in that first episode that I, like I was willing to watch more, but we just never got to it. Okay. It, uh, it was. I didn't make it a priority. But I always think of uh, so. Was se- which season was the I uh, after the whole thing? Was that season one or season two? I, I do. I only saw one episode of season one, so I'm, I, oh, I have said, no idea. I thought you said you only saw season one episode of season two. Yeah, I only saw one episode of season two. Oh, so so did it, was it happening in season one or not? So you would be able to answer that question. <laughs> it's I, I it's not very difficult. I, I don't. Remember. Where he does the song, where he sits there, he he he, he hits because the, they sat down and they recorded the thing where they were talking to each other in auto tune. Remember when they were going to the wedding? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, that was season about. one. That was season okay. one. And then it turns it into a song. And every time I, I, I reference that constantly because the song lyric was, I F the whole thing up. <laughs> that was the, the, and I say it all the time in that voice too. So it's it's carved a place in my life that's far beyond what I should have ever. We spent way too much time talking about Lil Dicky this morning. I don't know what just happened there. Thanks to Sarah Perlman for checking in with us. All right, today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, sporty performance, and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Let's just go ahead and do the thing, and then we can talk about the other thing. That's the way it'll go. The Orioles lost. Under didn't hit either. Credit to Andrew Stecka. He called that. He's one for one so far. He also said uh, to bet the uh, Mavericks to win the series, and they won game three. So he had a pretty good first day of his Stetson figures yesterday. (sighs) Orioles lose. They lose three of four out in Oakland before they shift to Anaheim for a series that begins tonight. To recap yesterday's defeat, we give our friend Paul Valley 60 seconds. He is our one-minute man. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you should turn the maybe maybe you should yeah. <sighs> All right, so basically, the or- there's nothing really to get worked up about one way or the other. You can get worked up about Trey Mancini being tagged out after he went through first base, and technically, the umpire was right. You were taught you no. can never you can never turn left on the f- after you go you, you turn left, you're in the field of play. 
Whether Trey had an intention to go to second base, I don't believe he did or not. As the rule is stated, you can't turn left. That's, nope. that's considered an attempt, and he was tagged out. And unfortunately, in my opinion, rightfully so. I get why he was upset, but there's really, there's really, no, the Orioles just lost a baseball game yesterday. The, they, the, the Athletics outplayed them, and they, they took more, better opportunity of. of Better advantage of opportunities. The one thing I can say is that the two things I can say: Keegan Aiken, 25 pitches, 21 strikes again. He's really attacking the strike zone. Made one bad pitch and it cost him a two-run homer. Austin Hayes had his fourth two-hit game in the last six games, uh, and fifth game in the last six with a hit. So he's heating up. So that's nice to see. And all right. So you're wrong. <laughs> I don't know why we're doing this. That's not what the rule says. There are a lot of people that are trying to pretend like they're smarter than everybody else, that are trying to pretend like that was the right call. It's not the right call. And Ben McDonald was on it from step one, and credit to him for being on it. The rule doesn't say you can't step in that direction. The rule says you can't make an attempt at second base. And there is absolutely no way that you could consider anything that happened there an attempt at second base. As I read the rule, Rule 8-2, Article 7, a batter runner who reaches first base safely and then overruns or overslides may immediately return without liability of being put out provided he does not attempt or feint and advance to second. A player who is awarded a base on balls does not have this right. Of course, I think we all know that. There is nothing that occurred there that you could even attempt to describe I, as a move. The I guess my point is that I've played baseball my whole life, and I'm not a major league player, by, uh, clearly. You were taught from a very young age, you never turn left to go back to first base. But you're, so allo you're allowed to. It, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. It matters significantly. Instinctually, you turn right. So... It, to me, Trey Mancini should have known better. That's not a thing. You're just saying something because it was something that somebody told you growing up, and that's fine. You, There's you, nothing wrong with that. You, turn, it doesn't, you can't make new rules. I'm the not, rule is the rule. You turn right, you don't have to worry about it. That's all it's I'm saying. Completely different conversation. you got to look over your shoulder to the right anyway to see the, that the ball it's, got by, so just turn right. It's an utterly different conversation that you're having. The rule is the rule. There is nothing about what Trey Mancini did that has anything to do with trying to go to second base. Right, but turn you can right, say you don't have to worry about it. That's a diff you're doing two different things. You are. You're having a different conversation. There's a million things that you don't have to worry. If you don't go past first base, you don't have to worry about it. The rule is the rule. Plain and simple. The rule is you can't go for second base and in zero ways. Can you attempt to argue that Trey Mancini went for second base? I don't. I'm, Zero. Not, I'm not saying that he tried that's to go to second base. That's the end of it. He did, that's clearly the, wasn't trying to go to second that's base. That's it. But if you turn right, you don't leave it up to the, you, to the you, opinion you, of the umpire. You're having a different conversation. I'm you're not having really. A, no, you are. You're having a conversation about something else Trey Mancini could have done. What you said was it was the right call, and it is not the right call. There is nothing there. It was a horrendous call. And it's the type of thing that shouldn't exist in baseball. And when we talk about robot umpires, this is the thing. Robot umpires wouldn't stop that. No, what do you mean No robot umpires wouldn't stop that? Uh, him, him if you had to go back and look at it, everybody would be able to see he wasn't going to second well, they, base. They, they, have a review they make it a judgment call, and it's not reviewable. Oh, okay. That's I, the I way didn't know, it goes. I didn't know it wasn't reviewable. That's it. There is nothing there. But umpires are so, we're going to support each other, and we're not. this is the way it goes. Nobody's going to overrule him. The guy, that's your judgment call. That's, you know, we'll go with that. This is the problem inherently. 
is that everyone with a brain can look at that and see the same thing. Now, does it have anything to do with why the Orioles lost the game? Of course not. not. And do I give a crap? Really? Not really, except for the fact that the problem isn't about the Orioles. It's about the bigger issue that exists within umpiring, which is someone decides they're going to make a call, and it's irrelevant what the call was. They've decided they're going to make it. This shouldn't exist. Brandon Hyde probably should have gotten ejected before Trey Mancini did. Like, he probably should have gone ahead and gotten himself ejected in that situation. Maybe he didn't know just how egregious it was. Like, maybe in his brain he thought there was some chance that Trey might have accidentally made a little bit of a move because he wasn't paying full attention to what happened. But immediately... When he saw how heated Trey Mancini was, he should have gone ahead and made sure he got ejected from the game. And I think if he had done that, it might have been easier. You prolong that thing for five minutes or so, you can get everybody to work it all out, and then maybe Trey doesn't get ejected screaming from the dugout. Maybe he still does, right? Because I don't blame him for being pissed off. He had every right to be pissed off. That sucks. It sucks when something is so obvious and so easy to call and everyone can see it and either you don't actually know the rule and I, by the way i believe there are umpires it's very difficult i say this about officiating all the time there are so many little intricacies to the rule that somehow over the years he might have convinced himself that the rule says if you make any sort of move to the inside of first base then you're out but it's not what the rule says. Plain and simple. Over the years, Rob Drake, and I know we found a lot of other reasons why Rob Drake might be a garbage human being, but that has nothing to do with him umpiring a baseball game. Over the years, Rob Drake may well have convinced himself of the same thing because he had an, um, uh, a coach one day who said, don't ever turn on the inside, that he somehow convinced himself that that's what the rule is. It ain't the rule. And there is simple access to it. And credit to Ben McDonald. This is what makes Ben McDonald so good at what he does. Immediately from the get. Because I also remember hearing the types of things that Paul remembered hearing growing up. And I had that thought of, well, there is a little bit of a slight kind of step to the inside there. And, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Ben McDonald from moment one was all over it. No, that's not what the rule says. The rule states you can turn on the inside of the bag to come back to the base. The rule is you can't make an attempt at second base. It's very clear. Which is why I'll push back at what you said, because Trey Mancini might damn well know the rule too. Oh, I'm sure he does. I just watched the video again. Yes. And the only thing that I can see where it may have been the umpire's judgment is when Trey got down to the point where he stopped in front of the umpire, he did this little half, not even a half jump. It was like a yes, like an, just, eight, I, an eighth of a jump. A, it and was then a turn, but in no way did it turn towards second base. Right. He turned fully it was, back. It was, it, was, it was a flinch, if anything, but... It wasn't anything like turning to second base. No, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't, but it was a flinch, and that's up to the judgment of the umpire. Look, I think it was... Overall, I don't think he was trying to go to second base, but that There's flinch can make the judgment be different. 
for the umpire. There was, no. There, there was a flinch and then a turn to the left side. He flinches and comes back to the right side. That's all I'm saying. None of that has anything to do with an attempt at second base. None of it does. You can't make that an attempt at second base in any way. All I know is that if it happened to me in a game and I turned into the left and they tagged me out, I'd be pissed because I knew I wasn't going to second base, but I'd be mad at myself for, that, that's, for turning that's, to the wrong way. That's a you problem. That, that We're not playing Major League Baseball. Right. It's that guy's job to know the rules and get the call correct. That's Whatever you're doing, wherever you're playing, God bless, man. Uh, hold yourself accountable in that way. But that doesn't have anything to do with whether or not an umpire can get the call correct at first right. base in a Major League Baseball game. I feel he, I, absolutely as – who was the guy that was umpiring first base in the Armando Galarraga game? Said afterwards, I kicked the S out of that, that call. That was egregious. This was an egregious call. This was shameful. I think there's this was a guy. Who, there's no shades of gray. In, your, in my opinion, there's shades of You're gray. You're trying to make something a shade of gray that you can't. You can't in any world create a scenario in which Trey Mancini was trying to make a move towards second <laughs> base. You can't do that no matter how badly you Bro, try. I, I, I agree to disagree, man. He had the flinch in the turn left. The flinch in the turn was right back to first base, Paul. Right, but he still... <sighs> You have to make anything that suggests you're going to second base. The flinch suggested. The no, flinch the flinch suggested. was for a turn back to the bag. It was not. No, I, Paul, I watched it 800 times. You're going to keep trying to come up with something that's not there. There is nothing there that suggests an attempt at second base in any Again, I way. I don't actually think he was trying to go to second base, but I, don't think, I do think that for a split second, the flinch was, oh, nope, there, there's no chance of me. It was literally a, nope, no chance. And going back to first base. That's not an attempt at second base. You keep trying to make it something it's not because you've decided it was an okay call. It's not that. And not, uh, I am, by the way, I hate groupthink. I hate it when everybody on the internet bitches about a call. I hate it. Until you go back and look at it and realize, nope, everyone on the planet is right about this. This was insanity. This was nuts. This was someone who either doesn't know the rule, and I know that's crazy to say that a major league umpire might not know the rule, but there's tons of us that don't know the rule. Plenty of us that don't understand the rule and had decided what the rule was because, again, we've been told certain things by the people that were around us growing up in the sport. So we think the rule is that you can't go to the inside of the bag at all, and that's not true. It's plainly not true. The rule is very implicit. You cannot attempt a move to second base. That's the rule. It's very easy once you realize that. Once you understand that that's the way the rule is written, there is nothing about what occurred that you can misconstrue as an attempt towards second base you cannot do it no matter how hard you try no matter how much of a contrarian you want to be no matter how much you want to not fall in line with group think there is nothing about that and the question becomes whether or not it's just simply a miscall or someone who didn't know the rule and that matters because it is a wonky enough rule that it is important for major league baseball to go back and make sure everybody understands or rewrite the rule. If you want the rule to be what it is that, that Paul's talking about from growing up playing baseball, then rewrite the rule that way. I don't know. I don't know if Trey Mancini talked about it. It might very well be that Trey Mancini has known what the rule is forever, and so he knew damn well he had every right to turn around in the field of play. He talked about it in the postgame. 
he they, they they interviewed him in front of his locker and, and he he basically said I know what the rule is and I didn't do it's one thousand yeah. percent that Trey Mancini knows the rule better perhaps than the guy that was umpiring the game would be a problem. So let me let me just state it this way: I don't believe he was trying to go to second base. I can understand if they didn't if if the call had been the opposite call, but I understand why the umpire made the call that he did. I also made the wrong call. But, Okay, made the wrong call. If, that, but if, that's what it is. If that, okay, if, if the um, I understand why the umpire made the, the call that he made. <laughs> we keep trying to do this. What? You're trying okay, to dance around. Okay, I understand why the umpire made the wrong call, in your opinion. But... <laughs> I'm saying this. But uh, there's got to be accountability there. Uh, that's all I'm saying. For who? Uh, just, because uh, Trey Mancini knew a rule? D- don't turn so left. So he's got to be held accountable, accountable for knowing the rule? And, Get back to the bag quickly yeah, and remove all that. We're not going to do this. No, we're not. If he knew the rule, then he doesn't need to be held accountable for anything. He knew the rule. The umpire either didn't or just got it wrong. And those things, by the way, happen a lot. constantly. Either one of those things happens constantly. There are so many rules that it is quite possible the umpire genuinely believed the rule was if you move at all towards second base, then that's what it is. It might very well be that he's just convinced himself that that's what the rule is because, again, we're sitting here having the conversation about how that's what's been taught for forever. But it ain't the rule. I also think that somebody posted um show on Twitter yesterday, and I do think it was a little bit of showmanship there, like a, I'm smarter than you, this is a rule, and you didn't know about it. It definitely comes off. Like a guy yeah. that decided he was making a call that had no ability to listen to anything else. Once I've decided I'm making the call that I'm making, the hell with what actually exists. The hell with what's actually true. This is the call that I'm making. That's how it came off to me. It 1,000% came off that way. Now, again, I don't know this human being, and I can't say what he's all about. These things are separated. If you think it's the reason why the Orioles lost a game, you're insane. It has nothing to do with that. But it does matter in the context of I learned something yesterday because I would have gotten that wrong. I learned the rule wasn't what I thought it was, which was kind of wild for me. Like, I, it doesn't happen every day where I learn something new about a sport that I've watched for my entire life. I did not know that you had to actually make an attempt at second base for that to be the case. I've always been, when we play kickball, I'm fearful of it. When we play stupid Thursday night kickball in Hartford County, I purposely run to the foul side of first base. By the way, if the Major League umpire doesn't understand the rule, there's 0% chance that the Thursday night kickball umpire understands the rule, and so I'm going to continue to do that. That's not going to change. uh, You already read the rule, I know, but does the rule say anything about what constitutes an attempt? Uh, No, it doesn't say what constitutes an attempt. Maybe they need to put that kind of literature in there. I mean, if you can't figure that out, if you can't understand the difference in someone turning around or making a move towards second base... Well, this umpire clearly can't figure that out, and he's he's not losing his job. I'm I'm not sure the umpire knew the rule. Mm -hmm. There's so much that's there. There's so much there. It's fascinating. By the way, there's so many... Forrester was trying to do this bit where, oh, you know, there was this little step and it was towards second. Like, dude, do you you don't know the rule either? And again, that's what happens. I I would not if I had not been watching the game and listening to Ben McDonald explain it when I was watching the game, I would have looked like an idiot because I would have been the guy that said, no, you guys are all wrong. It's pretty clear there's a foot towards second base there because I didn't know. We, I admittedly, 
I thought any step on the other side of the bag and you're screwed. And I would have been wrong because I didn't know the rule. Kudos to Ben McDonald, man. Being able to explain it as well as he did in that moment when something like that's occurring, to be able to nail it ahead of time, to know exactly what the rule is, exactly what you're allowed to do, despite the fact that he wasn't even a hitter. He didn't even ever, this was never an issue for him. And that's how well he knows the rule book. My God, he's good at this. It's ridiculous how good Ben McDonald is at this job. So John and Little Rock said this is a garbage that is killing baseball to attracting new fans and retaining old ones. I don't know that I agree with that. Because Not there's, this there, specifically. There's, there's egregiously bad calls in the NFL and people still watch but, it. Like, uh, That taunting penalty that they threw that, on that but one that's, guy. That's a different thing. That is all up about, that's a judgment call, right? That like, was very poor judgment. I don't disagree with you. But that's a judgment call. This is just an egregiously bad call by someone who, again, the the most likely scenario is doesn't understand how the rule is written, right? That's the mm-hmm. most. That's what I, in my heart of hearts, that's what I believe happened here. That the first base umpire yesterday believes the rule is the same as as you were describing it as. Mm. That the, this is what I've known of baseball. You always run to the other side of the bag. That's the way that it works. He didn't do that, so I'm calling him out and doesn't know the way the rule is actually written, which is not that. So that's my guess, but it's a guess. I don't know that. And, unless, and just hear me out on this, when you, run, you have the, the runner's baseline down the first baseline, mm-hmm. right? And maybe you have to cross the bag and go into foul territory, and the second you step into fair territory, it doesn't matter, because he was in fair territory. Right, and then came but that's back not the rule. The that's not the rule. The rule is an attempt at second base. Right, but maybe that's they consider any maybe they consider any part of you being in fair territory is that's, an attempt. There is maybe that's what literally they zero that would make that work. If it, like I, I mean, it's like saying looking at your wristwatch is an attempt at second base. We all know what an attempt at second base is. Mm-hmm. It's a move towards second base. That's an attempt at second base. At no point was there a move towards second base. It did not happen. I, I. The easiest thing to say is. Make it reviewable. Let's get these things fixed. Yeah. The problem is that you'd have to make, you know, because they go to New York. So, yes, they would, they would be able to be fixed upon review. review. So, that's the easiest thing to say. Mm-hmm. It's just make anything that's a judgment call. And I guess the problem is then we, if we say make all judgment calls reviewable, then we'd be reviewing balls and strikes. And so, we'd back, but, be back the robot umpires in general. And this is, maybe this is going to sound stupid, but isn't every call kind of, except no. the obvious ones, because like no. if, 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 you, if it's bang, bang at first place, and you're, you're well, that's judging. why they go back, they review it, and they say it's a tie. Like they, they go back right. and they just say we're gonna stay with the call on the field, right? Like if it's an actual bang bang play. Mm-hmm. But the it's, problem but is if once you it's, call them out, you're allowing this. It's, the rule allows for it to be the discretion of this person as to whether or not you made an attempt at second base. Mm-hmm. As the way the rule is written, it's the discretion of the first base umpire. The first base umpire has decided you made an attempt at second base. Now, again, I don't know that he knows that's what the rule is. Mm-hmm. So we're we're doing layer upon layer here. The first layer is, does he know that that's what the rule is? Well, the second layer is, if he doesn't, he's not going to change his mind because somebody, another umpire walked up and said, uh, dude, you understand the rule actually says that he's allowed to do what he did, right? Like, you understand that. I mean, right? I've seen him change calls in the past. I mean, I mean wait, wait, they, I've seen umpires yes, come together and, and decide. And but rules. normally that's when somebody is not particularly confident about their call and is asking for help from someone else. Mm-hmm. There was absolutely nothing about the way that call was made that suggested that he was looking for help from anybody right. else. He didn't ask for help. You're nope. right. You're right. Not at all. 
So again, it's not. I spent more time talking about it. It's really, by the way, it's far more interesting than anything that actually happens in these baseball games. Um, yesterday's game was just ho hum. Yeah, I mean, it was just a game that occurred. Um, this was by far the most interesting thing that occurred, and in part because it's Trey Mancini, and we're so we just don't see this type of thing from Trey Mancini. We don't see him lose his mind and start freaking out from the dugout the way that he did. Is is was it over the top? I don't know. I guess. I guess it was. Like, if the game mattered, would it be disappointing that Trey Mancini was screaming and getting himself ejected from the dugout? Yeah, that would be disappointing. Of course, we all know that the games don't matter. But it goes back to why I think initially Brandon Hyde should have made sure he was out there for a prolonged period of time and got himself ejected to create a cooling-off period. And, you know, I, I don't know how good of a manager Brandon Hyde is because he hasn't had an opportunity to really prove that yet. You know what I mean? That's just the nature of what it is that we're dealing with here. But if this was a game that mattered, in that situation, that's on the manager to say, I just got to get myself ejected here. I've got to stay out here and battle for long enough to make the point for my player, allow him to settle down a little bit, chill out, and while we do that, I'll go ahead and handle all of this. And then we can play on from there probably would have been like is it still possible that at some point Trey Mancini would have ended up saying something to the umpire during the course of the game yes it's possible but it helps to create that buffer to create a five minute prolonged delay something along those lines in order to cool everyone down a little bit more that was the, the immediate thought I had. If you go back and check Twitter, it's exactly what I said. I think Brandon Hyde should have gotten himself ejected there. Now, he eventually got himself ejected, but it wasn't in the immediacy, and it didn't create the prolonged delay that I was talking about in order to try to get everybody the, the cooler heads prevail. So admittedly, when the play happened, I was in the other room, um, and I didn't, did, did he come out, did Hyde come out and argue and then start to go back to the dugout, and that's when Trey got ejected, and then he went no, back? No, it was actually after the next, it was like two pitches later, Trey oh, was oh. still barking from the dugout. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah he should have stayed out there, yes, got himself correct. ejected, 100%. That's, that's 100%. the thought process is stay out there for as long as you possibly can. Like, just stay out there literally as long as you can to try to allow more time. It's generally the, the manager's job to fall on the grenade for his Exactly player. right. All right, today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where right now you can get the opener. Oh, I'm so excited about this. Flash fried pork belly with the popular Korean number two sauce. Take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. Glory Days Grill, spring seasonal menu available. Get your order in glorydaysgrill.com. I've been wanting to talk to this young man all week because this is very cool, obviously, for Coppin fans. This man was a double-digit scorer at Penn State, and he has decided to transfer to Coppin. And it's just not the type of jump that you see every day. So I'm fascinated to find out why, and I'm certainly very excited that he's made the decision. He is Sam Sessoms, and he's with us now here on Glenn Clark Radio. Sam, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Uh, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. Sam, I'm sure you've gotten this question from a lot of people, so I'll make it as, as vague. Why Coppin, and why now, at this point in your career, was this the step that you wanted to take? Uh, first and foremost, it was um, honestly my relationship with the coaching staff. Uh, me and Juan Dixon uh, built a great relationship uh, from day one when I entered the uh, transfer portal, and um, I just wanted to get that relationship with the coaching staff off, and also, I know that um, 
Coppin State lost in the championship game last last season, you know, so I feel like they're in a great position to have success winning it this year. And um, I figured, you know, adding a player like myself to a team like that, that's already like one piece away from winning. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, you know, it was just like an easy decision, you know, but honestly it was just the relationship with uh, Juan Dixon and the rest of the coaching staff. Some guys really made me feel like home, you know, since day one, you know, so it was just an easy choice. You know, you were playing in front of massive crowds all season long last year, right? When you guys would go on the road, this is a little bit different. Did you, did you think about that at all? Did you think about like, hey, I might miss playing in these fifteen thousand seat gyms all over the country? Um, no, not really, honestly, because um, you know, I, I did the best decision I thought that was uh best for my basketball career. Okay. You know, um, I have a, I have a lot of personal accolades, uh, over a thousand something points. You know, I played at the highest. I played at Binghamton. You know, so honestly, I feel like coming to Coppin. You know, uh, if I do what I, if I do what I'm supposed to do, the team would be in a great position. And then the year after this one, I would be in a great position to make a lot of money and play in front of huge crowds again. You know, so that's a, that's a fair point. I just feel like this is best for my career. Is part of that that to take on a more focal part of an offense, Sam? That to be the guy that kind of the ball goes through every possession down. Um, no, not really, because, you know, I experienced that at Binghamton during this past year at Penn State. I played 30 minutes a game. Uh, was the second, third leading scorer. I was on the top of other guys' scouting reports, you know. And um, so when I got in the, when I was in a game at Penn State, uh, the offense was ran through me and uh, the other guard, Jalen Pickett, you know. So it wasn't really that, you know, because I was playing 30 minutes a game at Penn State. It was more so my coaching staff at Penn State wasn't the coaches that recruited me. My, 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 my two years at Penn State, sure. I had two different coaches. And neither one of them recruited me. So I kind of want to just get back to the field of playing for a coach that recruited me and, and, like, you know, wanted me to be his rather than me just being left out of school and, and a new coach come in. And that's the feeling that you got from Juan Dixon is he really made you feel like you, like you were his guy. Yeah, a lot of the uh, – all the schools in my top six made me feel like that. You know, but with Juan, uh, you know, mutual people. I got uh, friends that went to Coppin State as well because Juan takes on a lot of Philly kids. Okay. And also, like, we, you can't, uh, you're not going to be able to play for too many coaches that got uh, the experience or was as good as Juan Dixon as a that's basketball a, player. That's a fair point. Yeah. No yeah. So I knew he could teach me a lot about the game. Obviously. Uh, he's, a, he's a player's coach, you know, so it was, it was, it was easy. He is Sam Sessoms. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. He's coming to Coppin State after spending last year averaging nearly 12 points a game at Penn State. Sam, um, there have been players in recent years that have specifically, you know, you mentioned you had been at Binghamton, so you had been in the America East, but you come to the MEAC, and we've seen a few players say, hey, I want to be at a historically black college. I want to be somewhere where it maybe means something a little bit more to my people and to our culture. Did, did you feel any of that as you were making this decision? Uh, no. <clears throat> Honestly, no. I was just, um, I did what I thought was best for my basketball career. Okay. Um, I honestly felt like this was the best decision, and it just so happened to be a HBCU. It wasn't one of those things where um, well, don't get me wrong. I do feel like a lot, of, a lot more talented players should come and play for HBCU schools that are African American, you know. But that's another conversation, you know. But this particular situation, 
wasn't because of that specific reason. I just honestly thought it was the best decision for my basketball. It, w- it wasn't uniquely the driving reason why you made the decision. I completely understand. Both no. it's like both things can be true. It's just not that that was there wasn't a cause and effect yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Right, Sam. Um, what do Coppin fans need to know about you? What what are what are they going to get when they show up to the physical education complex next season and get the chance to watch you play? Um, I'm gonna play the right way. I'm gonna do what Coach Dixon asks, and um, you know, I'm gonna just I'm gonna try to win. You know, I come from Philadelphia, Coppin State, Coppin's in Baltimore. You know, uh, similar similar upbringings. You know, so a lot of kids in that area will be able to relate to my story, the things I've been through off the court. You know, the the way I play on the court as well. You know, so I think it will be a familiar, you know, a familiar scene for a lot of people. You know, so just know that um, I'm coming to win. I'm playing my hardest, you know. I would, I would excite, excite you guys a little bit. One of the things that jumped out at me about your game from one year to the next, you raised your three-point shooting percentage from 28% to 42%. Um, is there anything that you can say explains why it was such a jump or just sort of one of those weird things where the shots were falling for you last year? Oh, no. Um, I mean, at Binghamton, I made a lot of three-pointers. I shot, I shot like six threes a game at Binghamton. In my first year at Penn State, it was um when our coach we had a coaching change, so it was kind of hard for me to figure out my role, what shots they wanted me to take, you know. So it affected my percentages, you know. My second year, you know, I was more comfortable. The coaching staff gave me a better idea of what shot they wanted me to take, you know. And I, I always work on threes. I'm I'm a good three point shooter. I don't think the first year at Penn State uh, defines my shooting ability, you know. So I think I'm more so around between 35 to to 45 percentage, you know. So I think that was more realistic. It's just uh, sort of. Passion. It was just a state. You just got the shots to fall. It's sort of more, more who you are. If that can continue, man, my God, you guys could do some really special things in the MEAC. And, and, yeah, well. and, and how important is it for you, like the idea of winning a, a conference championship? It's, it's interesting to hear you say, like, you know how close Coppin was a year ago. Is that something that, like, you know, cutting down a net, holding a trophy, that's something that you've dreamed of and you, and you really want to accomplish? Yeah, I always want every every kid you know who plays in college wants to accomplish a championship, and um, you know, I, um, like honestly, the only thing that'll like increase my money for next year, my professional career, would be uh be leading the team to a championship. You know, I have a lot of personal accolades. I played at the Big Ten. I played in America East. It's a huge gap between them. So I show I can play that at all levels. And I just need to show that I can lead the team to win, and um, that would take my that would make that will increase my chances of making a lot more money next year. I mean, obviously, that's it's certainly something that we'd be looking forward to see if that plays out that way for you this year. Sam, were you at all surprised by any of the reactions? I saw you going back with some people on Twitter. Like, man, what what the heck? Like, it's my decision. Were you surprised by any of the pushback that you got from people? No, nah, I wasn't surprised. Honestly, it's just would be a bunch of dudes. You know, honestly, I probably never played the sport. You know, and, uh, you know, respectfully, you know, a lot of people, that's what's wrong with social media now. A lot of people, they got too much of a voice, you know. And, like, some, at times I feel like people shouldn't be able to say anything at all <laughs> about, certain, about certain topics, you know. And um, it was just honestly comedy for me when, when I did get some pushback. I mean, I didn't care. I just responded, you know, because, like, honestly, where I'm from is just, like, we don't really say things on social media that we want to say in person you know so <laughs> social media is a platform where people will come and express their opinions and respectfully what uh everybody has the right to their own opinion you know but 
it's just like it's my own it's my choice i chose to go there it's what's best for me by the way else. I, I i absolutely loved your response like it's the it's the perfect thing because it's not at all like you didn't say go f off or anything like that yeah. the, sorry i did not do what made sense to you it's so perfect because it's like it's it's absolutely wonderful but just slightly condescending towards the person yeah. it's it's you nailed that that is the perfect response to give to someone like oh i'm sorry jim that what i want to do with my life isn't what you want me to do with my life i'm so sorry yeah, right. it didn't work out that way <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome, man. Sam, um, where, where, you know, I'll tell people because I've been following you on Twitter. It's at Samuel underscore Sesums. What about on Instagram? Where can uh, Coppin fans be giving you a follow as, as you make this transition? Oh, Instagram, uh, at name is Sam Sesums3. At Sam Sesums3. Sam, we're excited yeah. about it, man. Um, really looking forward to watching you play next season and the opportunities that could be here for the Eagles because of your arrival. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Best of luck, and we'll look forward to seeing you out there this season, all right? Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Sam Sesums with us here on GCR. Fascinating stuff. Just says, look, is the best place for me? Players coach? This is where I wanted to be. Respect that. Like it a lot. All right, um, we gotta get to a break. We haven't even taken a break yet this morning. What the hell's going on? What is what is what is happening around here? Got a lot going on. We got heated about ping pong and about uh, I got about in. baseball. I didn't, I didn't even. You know what? While we were yelling about the baseball thing, I totally missed what. Oh, Fuksovich won the second set. Oh, it's trouble. It's trouble. I don't like that. We don't like that. The Hellcats. I blame you. Yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> you said the Hellcats for a second. No. Well, I do like the Hellcats, too. All right, when we come back in, um, I don't know. Well, sports. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. <laughs> sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. 
Baseball is back. I'm Paul Valley. And I'm Zach Goodman. You can find us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon talking all things Orioles and Major League Baseball. Like the debuts of Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. And how the rotation and bullpen are rounding into form. Watch us live at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the bat around live with the latest in baseball coverage every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. <sighs> we need uh, Cam Nori to get a break point here. Sorry, I can't do the show until... Uh oh, second serve. It's a big opportunity. This is what you guys tune in for is me to do play by play of a Cam Nori Martin Fuksovich match that uh nobody cares about other than me. Oh, this is Oh, he was long, wasn't he? He's gonna lose. No, it wasn't long. It was in. Come on. Come on. Which one is he? Oh, he's on the back. He's on the top side. He had an opportunity to finish that point and didn't do it. Uh, oh. And of course, the, the, gonna hit him in the, net. the longest point in the history of tennis. He is he's he has been in the lead in this point twice and did nothing with it. Oh, he went behind him. He went behind him. I Cassie went behind him. I told you he was gonna hit it into the net. Is that good? Are we happy? That's, Are we, we happy? That. I said the guy oh, at the, the bottom other, is gonna oh. hit it into Yay, the net. We're happy. We like that. We like that. <laughs> Cass. Thank you, Cass. What a cheerleader. I appreciate that. Like, I which have, one are we cheering for I this appreciate entire Oh, that's why the sweet boys like you. Yeah, very sweet mm, boys. Yeah. Very sweet boys. But I don't go for them. You should <laughs> think yeah, about it at some point, you're, Cass. You're, you're 20. You won't go for them for 10 uh, years. They're very sweet boys. I hope it's way before 10 years. Mm. I don't want to be so 30. So do they, but yeah. good luck. I don't want to be 30. <laughs> Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. From uh, Daryl. Daryl says, uh, Glenn, I have to admit, I, like you, did not understand what the actual rule was, so in the immediacy of it, I was yelling at Trey Mancini. I still think there's something to be said for what your partner's attempting to say where you can avoid the problem, but you're right. The umpire has to get it right. That's the end of it. I, and I'm not trying to be dismissive of what you're saying, but that's the end of it. Like the idea that I'm supposed to anticipate someone's bad call and do what it is that I do because of that? Stop. I mean, it's like yelling at somebody for taking a a called third strike that's clearly a foot out of the zone. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, you can know that he, can, he could call that a strike. You want to say it's unfortunate, say it's unfortunate. Say whatever you want to say, but trying to hold somebody accountable for someone else's mistake to say that you should know that that person might make the mistake, that's not fair. I, I, I guess it, it's just, to me, it, it, because it's so instinctual to turn right, that's why I'm like, why wouldn't why would Trey ever turn left? It, I, I understand it, it, it's, a hu- it's a human thing, and you just turn left not thinking about it, and... But because I consider, or you want to see a certain portion of the field yeah. before you make a decision about what it is that you're doing, whatever the reason is, if you know the rule, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter, right? Right? Like it's irrelevant. I am what? What? Nothing. Don't do this to me right now, Sorry, Cass. You just had a really bad serve. Well, that happens sometimes. Yeah. So they, get, they, they get two. Yeah. They get two. That is a thing. Okay. Do you not? You said you played tennis. With my sister and but like, do you not play by the rules? You just make up the no, rules as you go along. We literally, we barely even hit the ball. Oh, well, like that's not, we okay. just run that's across the court trying to hit that's it. That's very different. We don't actually play. Um, 
like that, that's the I, I understand what you what you think you're saying and I get that I'm not you Daryl I understand what it is that you think you're saying but it's it's still also not fair it's not fair to try to hold someone accountable for someone else's mistake now we all do that like we all do the thing where um, hey did you remember to do this and then we say something like well I should have reminded you right like it's not really my mistake it's it's really your mistake mm-hmm. but you know I I, I try to take shoulder some of the blame in a team effort capacity type of thing, but in this situation they're not teammates. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not a. This is one person who p- did not perform their job at the level where they need to perform their job, and because of it, the other person was penalized, and so that's unfair. Whatever. I don't really want to. It's my God. It was one play and one meaningless baseball 20 game. Twenty minutes. Hey, brother, you talk, we'll talk more about the actual baseball, shall we? Do you think that's <laughs> going to be interesting? From David, David says, uh, Glenn, I heard you say yesterday that you don't think that the Debo Samuel thing is legitimate. If you had to compare this to other scenarios that you've talked about in recent weir- years, do you think that because of the type of player he is, he might be more legitimate than, say, when you were hoping that they were going to land Julio Jones? Um, I think it's it's more legitimate because he's younger than Julio Jones was. Um, I think it's more legitimate because I don't know. I mean, I I take that back. I don't know if it's more legitimate. I have said for some time that I have been confused as to why it has been so easy for teams to trade for wide receivers. I, I couldn't believe the prices that were paid for DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs during that offseason. Bill like, O'Brien. But that's that doesn't explain Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, we can do the Bill O'Brien thing all we want to do. Stefan Diggs was available for a song <laughs> and completely changed the course of a franchise's history mm-hmm. upon his arrival. Like, singularly changed the course of the history of the Buffalo Bills when he arrived. I, It has been a few years in which wide receivers have not been treated as the commodity that they are, as if we continue to believe that a quarterback just makes the wide receiver, which, no matter how many times we try to say it, has never remotely been true. It's the other way around. It's exactly the other way around. Literally the other way around. The quarterbacks almost always, there is the one example of the year where Tom Brady was able to win a Super Bowl despite the fact that Gronk was hurt and he was working with a lesser group. Of, I mean, he still had Julian Edelman, who's pretty effing good. But, like, I'll give you that I don't know that Julian Edelman would have been Julian Edelman in a lot of other places. I think that Julian Edelman uniquely became Julian Edelman being there with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But that's the one example, like, in the modern history of the NFL of a quarterback raising the wide receivers. All of the other examples are the exact opposite of that. That the better the wide receivers are, the better your quarterback is. Now, it's not always, can I prove that it's cause and effect? Can I prove that it's one versus the other? No, of course I can't. But I can't help but notice that the quarterbacks are all better when they have better wide receivers around them. Cass is really into this tennis match, and it's actually watching her watch the match is distracting me. Like, because she's, like, making faces on various points, and I'm like, what is happening? I just want to know. I've got money riding on this. I just want to know. This isn't as safe a bet as Ukrainian ping pong is. Um, Your boy just got a point. Mm-hmm. 
So it's match point. He's just missing the first serve every time. Like That's okay. You get two. I understand. <laughs> You're allowed. You, it's a fault. It's why typically they go for a big first serve. It's because they know they've always got the second one. Okay. So that's a lot of times why you see them miss just the first serve. Literally in their back pocket. It's because they're just going crazy. They're just trying to hit the crap out of the first serve and attempt the hope that the other person can't return it. And then when they don't get it, they just hit a nice safe serve on the I, second one. I will tell you, next to hitting a baseball and a golf ball, I there think... There we go! Yay! There we go! Victory. Right. I think I think serving a tennis ball is one of the hardest things not to easy. do in sports. Not easy. It's so damn hard. It's not easy at all. So um, back to the sorry, back to the Debo Samuel thing. I am always confused by why it is that teams again try to drive down the value of receivers. It's bizarre. It's insane. Now we've seen a course correction in that this offseason, the contract prices for wide receivers have dramatically escalated, and so I, I don't know how to you know consider both of those things. The fact that the contracts are going up, but for the last couple of years, so many have been available for such cheap trade prices. I, I don't know how to reconcile. I, that. I I think it's not. I think this time around, not only the contracts going up, I think it's going to cost an arm and a leg to trade for one. I I I don't think you can have Debo Samuel for anything less than I, I, your first I, and second round pick. Well, I hear you. I still don't think that's an absurd price to pay. We're not talking about trading multiple first round picks. Right. So maybe you are. Like, but maybe you're, that's what the what you're are really for. trading is a second round pick because you're you're getting a player back. Like mm-hmm. you can only use your first round pick on one player. Well, you're getting a sure thing right. back in return. So what you're really trading is the additional whatever it is. And the Niners are in an awkward spot because of Debo Samuel saying, I want to be gone, I'm going to be a... Whatever it is that he's saying, well, then what do they do? This is what makes all of this so weird and kind of uncomfortable. And I'm not trying to tell you that wide receivers have to become quarterbacks in which they can just demand whatever it is they want to demand, and that's the way... Because at some point, there's only... if, If wide receivers do it, then why won't cornerbacks start doing it next, right? And then all of a sudden, you look around, and you got a quarterback, a wide receiver, and a cornerback, and nothing else on your roster, like you don't have any money at that point. You just have to have draft picks play over their position. I understand that this is becoming a bit awkward mm-hmm. and that there are teams that are just simply going to say, if we have to pay our quarterback, we simply cannot be paying this other player this amount of money or trying to figure out where it is that they can artificially lower a price at another position. I don't think wide receivers should be the spot. I hate saying that that spot might have to be defensive line or that spot might have to be inside linebacker, but you know that just might be the answer. The Ravens decided to spend a boatload of money on a safety. Well, we all think he's a hell of a safety, right? Mm-hmm. Like We all think that Marcus Williams is a damn good football player, and we know how many turnovers he's created in recent years. But if spending that money on Marcus Williams is what makes you balk at the idea of trading for Debo Samuel because you say, well, we can't pay that money for Debo Samuel – after we trade for him, like we'd have to pay him a lot of money in order to get him to sign, and we just spent all this money on Marcus Williams. We can't do that. I got to really think about whether or not you made the right decision in the way that you're doing your business. And obviously, it's it's not that simple. They didn't know that Debo Samuel was available. It's not like they were choosing between the two. But the question becomes, should you be spending that much money on a safety instead of spending that much money on, say, a wide receiver? Devil's advocate here. I mean, by the way, and I'm I'm I don't know what the right answer mm-hmm. is either. Maybe they view Devin Duvernay in the same way that yeah, they could I've, use. I've heard that for a couple of people. Body type alone, that's no. You know what I mean? Like he's he, pretty he's strong not, and fast guy. He's strong. He's not Debo Samuel. Debo yeah. Samuel's a freak. Okay. Like Debo Samuel is an athletic freak. 
Um, which isn't to say there's two different conversations. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be using Devin Duvernay, Duvernay in more mm-hmm. you know, capacities and shouldn't be doing more things with him. I mean, we saw them attempt to do a little bit of that. I don't think at this point they're purposely holding back on Devin Duvernay because they know he's this unbelievable football player. Yeah, there's and no way they're, just, that. they're just afraid of putting him out on the field. Um, I, I have been intrigued by doing more with Devin Duvernay. I get the argument in general going into this offseason that you needed to rely on these younger wide receivers, and at some point you needed to give them the opportunities, but you know there's a danger that comes with that, which is they're not ready for those opportunities. And apparently Rashad Bateman said the other day that he was still that the injury was still an issue for him even when he was on the field last season and you know i'm excited about Rashad Bateman i told you guys plenty of times last year i think from a pure talent perspective he's the best talent that we've seen in baltimore at the wide receiver position since anquan bolden just talent alone and you could argue because he's younger that maybe it's, it's even more talented than Anquan Bolden, but I'm, I'm trying to be careful about saying those things because I'm not saying Rashad Bateman is Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden's a borderline Hall of Famer. And, and when we talk like this, people get confused. Well, you're saying that Rashad ba- I'm not saying that. I'm saying from a pure what, what is in his bag, his arsenal, the various things he's capable of doing, Rashad Bateman has a skill set that is as unique and as impressive as anyone we've seen since Anquan Bolden. More impressive than anyone we've seen since Anquan Bolden. So I'm very excited about Rashad Bateman. I think there's a chance that Rashad Bateman could develop into a true number one type of wide receiver, which is something we've had so little of in Baltimore over the years. I think that's possible. But am I banking on that for a team that looks to win a Super Bowl? Tough call. Tough call. I don't think they're going to trade for Debo Samuel. In the same way that I didn't think they were going to trade for DK Metcalf, and I don't think they're going to trade for A.J. Brown, and I don't think they'll trade for Terry McLaurin. I don't know if any of these guys are going to end up being traded. A lot of times this is bluster in the early going. When you're having contract negotiations, a lot of times, this is why I'm so surprised by the way that Lamar Jackson has handled his business, right? Because you've got the power. Force it. And talking about a trade is the greatest way to force your power. So a team to go back and say, all right, let's let's settle down here. We don't want to do that. What's the number again? All right. And a lot of times that's what this takes. Talk about a trade, say you want to do that, and then a team's going to reconsider and say, all right, you know, as it turns out, we really do want to give you that money. And if you want to know about Debo Samuel's ability, he didn't have a quarterback. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's fine. He's fine. Imagine if he had a quarterback. Think about that and how good Debo Samuel might be. So that's, that's Dave, that's just where I kind of am in terms of that conversation. All right. Uh, two other things I wanted to get to. I, well, I watched all the basketball last night. The Minnesota thing was bizarre. I can't, I mean, I don't know what it is with NBA like coaches not wanting to call timeouts. Monty Williams did this the night before against New Orleans. NBA coaches are like allergic to calling timeouts when things aren't going their way. Like, their answer is, these are adults, we're just going to let them figure it out. You're, you're, you're on the wrong side of, like, a 25-point run. And you're just not even going to bother to call a timeout and say, like, hey, maybe we settle things down a little bit. I don't understand what the deal is with NBA teams and time. Like, it's, it's an affront to the players to call another timeout. Man... You're getting your ass kicked. 
Call a damn timeout. <laughs> I'm not saying it would have changed anything because the Grizzlies were on one and the Timberwolves were lost in the fourth quarter, but like I would at least give it the old try, the old college try. I would think about it. Uh, the thing I said yesterday, the Steka, where I said I need to see Jalen Brunson do it for another game, <laughs> done seen. That dude is all sorts of legit. Oh, and by the way, if there's has anyone ever like this is Joe Flacco esque. Guy's a free agent this offseason. Hell of a time to be going off for seventy plus points in two can uh, two playoff games. Hell of a time to show what it is that you're capable of. That dude is getting a bag, a bag this offseason. And then the crazy part about there's you you see some disparaging comments. Um, so Golden State wins game three. They're up three over the Nuggets. And you'll see people say things like, really? Nikola Jokic is your MVP, really? Joel Embiid's up three games to zero in his series. One, he ain't playing the Warriors, man. <laughs> like, I, I think it's the fact that like last night's game was close is a testament to just how good Nikola Jokic is because he ain't working with much out there. Like, there is very little on the floor with him. But if he had Jamal Murray, if he had some of the pieces, then maybe I think it's a more fair thing to talk about. But it's basically him. That's it. And he is keeping them in these games. Is Cass asleep? I swear to God, it looked like she was. Did you look, did it you looked see like it? she was asleep. It totally looked like you were asleep for a second. It totally looked like I'm. I was like, God, boy, that's, is it me? Is it me? Did I? Did I? Or was it a crash? Maybe after uh, <laughs> after all of the all the vodka. She came in. She came in hot and heavy this morning. She came in absolutely on fire. I actually have never really liked tennis, and now I'm like really intrigued in it. I'm just watching. Who do you want to bet? Do you want to bet Diego Schwartzman or Felix Auger Aliassime? I don't. Who do you want to bet? We'll bet it. Cass, I'm letting you make a bet. Who do you want to bet? You know nothing about it. I'm going to let you make a bet. Okay. I'm going with... Turn Cass up a little bit. Come on. I don't know. I don't... How do you say that? Auger Aliassime? Yeah, I'll go with him. Okay, he struggled a little bit this spring. Oh, uh, then I'll go... I'm a little nervous about it. Underdog. He's very short, Diego Schwartzman. He's like 5'7". Shortsman. You know what? That's not bad, Paul. <laughs> Make a final call, Cass. Final call. Go with your gut and take Ali Asim. I am. Felix Auger Ali Asim, the Canadian. They call him FAA is what they call him. They were going to put some money on him. Um, I don't know where I was. I got so distracted by what I just saw there. <laughs> oh, I was talking about the playoffs. I actually think Nikola Jokic is playing... Uh, really about as absurdly well as you could ask them. They just there's just nothing else there. There is just nothing else going on for that Denver Nuggets team, and they're playing the Warriors. I don't know if you've heard they're good. They've got a lot. They don't even have to start Steph Curry right now. They got a lot going on. So those are my reactions from the playoffs last night. All right, when we come back in, uh, oh, you know what? We might have a guest who's going to be joining us in a couple of minutes. Uh, we will get you got to. Oh, she just had something in her eye that time. I'm getting worried about Cass. Getting worried about Cass. You got to, you, you did, did this really happen for us? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get to that as well. That's on the way. Uh, today's show also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour, which was back this week. If you missed it last night, Stan and Gary Stein caught up with uh, former Ravens PR chief Kevin Byrne. You can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash video. 
And if you missed it earlier on in the week, he and Ross Grimsley had a really good conversation with former Orioles pitcher Steve Johnson. Stan also caught up with uh, Tom Kelso, the chairman of the Maryland Stadium Authority, all available for you wherever you get press box videos. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip that first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fanduel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Earl Thomas wants to play football again. <laughs> Does she ever not want to play football? Sure. Good luck, Earl. Good. Go for it. I mean, we <laughs> new, new Dixie chick song. Good luck, Earl. Yeah, that's right. Earl Earl had to play. I and uh, whatever. I mean, my God, man. <laughs> if y'all want Earl Thomas, by all means, go ahead and have. It. I don't. I don't think there's a chance in all hell that the Ravens would reconsider Earl Thomas. There's no way. Nor is there a need for Earl Thomas. I mean, um, his business decisions. But if, if the L, I, I won't be remotely stunned when he's an L.A. Ram. I will not be even slightly stunned when, like everyone else, he ends up being an L.A. Ram because that's just what we do now. Oh, he's going to end up a Cleveland Brown. 
Um, I could right see up their it. alley. Yeah, I could see that. I could see them taking a chance on something like that. I could. Uh, you're not. You're not wrong. I could see that being the case. All right. Um, today's show brought to you by Simply the Bets and Weekend at Bookies. We do Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11:40 a.m. We do Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday morning at 11:40 a.m. to try to get you ready for the betting weekend. Andrew Stecka was on fire yesterday. You should have been watching, should have been listening. You can go back, find all those shows, Facebook.com. Same places where you find the stand show, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, PressBoxOnline.com slash video, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. But every Tuesday morning at 1140 a.m., every other Thursday morning at 1140 a.m., all brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. All right, Cass, it's your turn. Did this really happen? What do you have for us? Mm-hmm. We'll just wait in silence. We're waiting for you. Yes. Are you ready? I I've, okay. I've, I done been ready. Okay. 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 So, according to Ranker, uh, in October of 2000... What is Ranker? In October 2000... <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right. Let's just go. Two Texas women were murdered in a similar manner within days of one another, okay? Neither of the women had any known enemies, okay? So in fact, both families reported that the women were loving, kind, and professional. One a nurse, and the other one a loan officer. Living completely unconnected lives. They had only one thing in common. Both women were named Mary Morris. Police found Mary Morris, 48, in her burned-out car. Three days later, they found Mary Morris, the other woman, 39, who'd been shot dead in her car. An investigation into the matter turned up no evidence and confused, and both cases remain unsolved. Until they found out that Mike Morris, husband of Mary Morris, okay, the first one that died in the burning of the car, hired a hitman to kill his wife. Unfortunately, the assailant made a mistake and targeted the wrong Mary Morris first, which then had to obviously clean up by killing the second. Mary Morris. This did not happen because there's no way that the husband didn't tell the hitman what the what his wife looked like. There's no way he didn't show her him a picture of what this of what how else would he know? You know, just show up oh, this woman's name Mary Morris, let me let me kill her. There's no way. This is fake. I I'm leaning towards real. And the reason why I'm leaning towards real is, one, because rancor is such a weird place for this to come from because I don't know what it is. Now, what I think is it's possible that it's one of those deals where a lot of the story is true, but part of the story is not true, and that's what's screwing with me. But I'm going to write it out as being real. I say this really happened. It really happened. Yeah, it did! I'm oh! over my last three. Oh! Ice cold. <laughs> Fuck it. Ice oh! This is a terrible hitman. Yeah, it's not a very good hitman. This is a You're ter- gonna want a how do you hitman. not know what the woman looks like? What a terrible hitman. Yeah. Well, what mean, a ter- you, you might have gotten what you paid for in the yeah. situation. You what, a, what, a terrible, you what a terrible husband for multiple well, reasons. Well, I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah, which is the, the bigger problem being he didn't even bother to get the right Mary Moore. Right. 
No, that's a it's an aw- is that's an awful story, Cass. What a terrible, terrible story that was. Well, that was it's not a particularly clean. cheeky thing. No, but it was kind of cool. Oh God! Well, it's not. It's it's awful. It's Everything awful. About it, it's it's awful, awful that two women died. Yes, but it's, it's one of those things where it's just it's like cool. it's 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 interesting. It's interesting yes, at the fact the that like it. he must have got like I don't know eBay and shopped for <laughs> a hitman. Oh, so you can just pick those up on eBay these yeah, days. Right. I honestly probably yeah. they were advertising for wet work. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Can I use your restroom? Do you get the reference? I, I drank a lot, and no, I I'm really need to pee. What movie? I don't know the movie. Anyway, I wonder if you know any of my movies. What That's movies do you like? Tell me a movie. iCarly the movie. <laughs> I've never seen anything. Carly related. Okay, well then there you go. Yep, not what at all. The Duff, the a Hillary man. Duff story. Mm. There was a movie called uh, the, the Duff. Duff I know. Did it you watch not the Duff? The, Duff. the what? Did you watch the Duff? I want to say at some point in my life I actually I've viewed the Duff. What about? I'm trying to think of a really good one. T- have you t- seen today, Junior? Oh, t- Jesus. <laughs> what about? Have you ever seen Mean Girls? That's a classic. You've have I ever seen Mean Girls? You know what? The first time I saw Mean Girls, this is a true story. I was on a date at the old drive the late drive-in movie theater up in bel-air i was on a date with this girl named uh, uh katie who i'm still friends with to this day she's a lovely girl and i thought because at that age like we we were young and i thought you know you go to the, the reason there's a reason you go to the drive-in movie theater it's because you know you know wet work. I th- I, I, wet work exactly right i think everybody knows why you go to the drive-in movie theater so we are leaving her house to go to the drive-in movie theater and like she had two older siblings and one younger sibling. And the two <laughs> movies that were showing at the drive-in movie theater were maybe Shrek 2, whatever Shrek Ooh, was out that year, Shrek. and Mean Girls, right? That was the double feature at the drive-in movie theater that night. And her parents asked, like, hey, what are you guys doing tonight? We're like, well, we're going to the drive-in movie theater. And all of a sudden, like her entire family is at the house at this moment, and they're like, we want to go too. Oh my good lord, no! Yes, I'm like, have fun, yo. Going. Do you not understand why it is that we go to drive-in movie theaters? Is this new to you? So, I'm like, oh, that sounds great, cool. You should have let the daughter speak. Now, all of them, because they're old, they they're being cool about it. They're like, we'll take our own cars. Don't worry, like. Don't worry about anything. Everything's going to be fine. Like, because they like me, right? So they're like, don't, we just, we wanted to see those movies too. So we'll go, but like, don't, you know, don't worry too much. And it wasn't like they were, they were spying. These are, we got along. Like, we Mm -hmm. were, we were fine. And so everything was going, it was still, we were still okay. We were still all, we were still all in until we got there. And literally, like, as we're, you know, like making out or whatever in the first movie, her, like, little sister, her, like, 10 year old sister comes and opens the back door to my car. And just hops in. It's like, I want to hang out with you guys. Thanks a lot! Why would the parents... Uh, you know what? The parents knew what they were doing. They didn't encourage it. The parents had nothing to do with it. It was the siblings. Well, but the sibling... The sibling no, you're, you're thinking there was a whole... No, no, no. This, honest to God, was... We were just talking about what we were doing that night. And they were all like... like no, we, I'm talking about when they when you guys got there. And they, the fact that they let the sibling get out of their car to go hang out in your car. Like, the sibling no, didn't just get I mean, out I, and leave. I think that just might be a situation where, like, they can't control her. Like, mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, this is your problem, too. She's all of our siblings. Like, you have to take on this responsibility as well. I think it was more that type of situation. Mm-hmm. So we get through Shrek and Mean Girls is on. 
And now, my entire plan is Imagine making out to Shrek. But that's Could the point. Not you're, not paying a, you're not really paying attention. You're, you're just literally watching making out it. while there's an ogre. Settle down. You're not really ogre. watching the movie. You're just there for a certain point. So swamp. now my plans for the evening have been ruined. And I look around as Mean Girl starts. My girlfriend's asleep. Her sister's asleep. So it's just me sitting there watching Mean Girls. And I'm like, well, we can just leave now, right? Like, So I go, I start the car. And as soon as I start the car... My then-girlfriend wakes up and is like, what are you doing? I want to watch the movie. I'm like, you're asleep. <laughs> she's like, yeah, but I want to watch the movies. Turn the car back off. Five minutes later, she's asleep again. Five minutes later. But I'm like, I can't. I, if I start the car, she's going to wake up and she's going to yell at me again. So I just sit there by myself watching Mean Girls and fell in love. <laughs> and fell in love. And now that's As why every Wednesday I wear pink. As everybody mm. knows, I wear pink every Wednesday. You go, Glenn Coco. You think I don't know Mean Girls? You think I don't know Mean Girls, Cass? I know don't know what you girls? know and what you don't totally know. know. Mean Girls. Paul, what did you think about them walking Miguel Cabrera yesterday? I didn't see the situation of the game. What? Uh, I was at lunch with an old friend. What that, man? Is and that a euphemism for some sort of no, activity uh, we, that you were involved we, no, in? No, we legitimately was... It was, was my at lunch with an old friend. Well, my, I I have my best friend from when I was a teenager, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah, it's better if it was a euphemism. It, well, well, <laughs> no, no I was at I was at it's, he hasn't been around for a while, and I was at I was at lunch with his father at Dela Rosa. That's fine. That's fine. That was, so you don't know the story? I, I know that they intentionally walked him. I don't know what the situation of the runners game was. Runners on second and third. Second and third. There was in the eighth inning. There were runners on second and third. And what was the score? It was four. Or no, it was one zero. One zero. Yeah. I, the Tigers I, were up one I don't, zero. I, it, in that situation, you want to win a ball game. Two I, outs. I don't, I don't. I don't have an issue. Yeah, and that's the problem. The problem is it's the correct answer. That yeah. really is the problem. Like I, I get why it became a thing, but right. there's no debate. There's no debate about it. We like. I hate the Yankees as much as anybody else does, mm-hmm. but there's no debate. And he's been on fire. To what start what the did year. you just say, Cass? I'm in love with the Yankees. What? Get the, you're a Cowboys and a Yankees fan. Yankees die hard. I watch. I've been there like 80 times. Swear it. Season tickets. Love the Yankees. What? She's just, no, she's just no. I'm serious. I love the Yankees. With us. I'm a big. Uh, she's Yankees just fan. doing. I think thing. I just heard John react. Right. Well, she's just doing. She's just trying to get. A, she, she wanted to get a rise out of me. Congratulations. You succeeded. Feel good about yourself. She straight up I fooled me great. until the the she's season tickets crack. thing. Um. Anyway. So go Yankees. Shut up. The uh the moral of this story, this is I don't know what Cass is on today. <laughs> we got to figure it <laughs> She's out. She's on one. She really came. She came in today. Uh, seriously on one. So um the Yankees, I hate them. Trust me. But there's no debate about this. Yeah, I I get it. I I get why the fans booed them. I completely understand it. Right? You want to watch Miguel Cabrera get his three thousandth hit? Uh, where are the are the Tigers? I I didn't even check. Where what's next for the Tigers? Where are they? I guess I should pull that up and as we talk about this be able to say it. They no, they're still at home this weekend. Ah, oh, come on. I mean, again, it's the problem if is you pay for to go to that game. Then why wouldn't you just pay to go to this game, right? Like, come on, I mean, man. I, mean, I, I can't afford to go to I mean, I went to three games last week. So I you clearly can afford to go to it's Detroit. It's not pretend like it's yeah. you, there's a $5 get in for the game in Detroit. Like Come on, I, let's check. Let's see how much it costs to get into the game tonight in Detroit. What's uh? Let's pull up a, a secondary website. So if I go to the old um, uh, Stuhu, if I go there and try to get tickets for this, uh, g- why is that not working? Did I spell it wrong? 
Oh, no, I didn't. Here we go. Detroit Tigers, who play take on the Colorado Rockies. Real barn burner of a matchup tonight. The Detroit Tigers taking on the Rockies. Oh. Rockies are one of the best offensive teams in baseball to start. There the is that. What do you think a get-in for tonight's game costs? You can probably get a standing room only or a bleacher seat or something like that for like 10 bucks. You know what? That's what I thought it was going to be, too. But that is not the case. You actually can only get in for $29. So it's still you can still afford it. If you really want to be there to see Miguel Cabrera get his 3,000th hit. But that it is clear that that's driven up prices. The fact that he got the $29.99, it's driven up the prices for tonight's game, and there's going to be a big Friday night crowd. But still, it's 29 bucks. If you want to go to the game tonight, you can go to the game tonight. Now, the problem is if he doesn't get the hit tonight, now you got to go again tomorrow. Like you just got to keep buying tickets until he gets a hit, that type of bit. I completely understand the... It's almost tongue-in-cheek, the reaction, but you know the answer. The answer is it was 1,000% the right thing to do in that situation, even if Miguel Cabrera isn't really Miguel Cabrera anymore at this point in his career. It was definitely the right decision for the Yankees to make. It's just, if I trust me, if I had been at the game and there was a chance for Miguel Cabrera to get his 3,000th hit, I would have been booing too. I would have known better, but I would have just been booing because it's what you do in that situation. Well, absolutely, he has a chance to get his three thousandth hit, and he has a chance to give you the to give you yeah, the to break the game open. Well, yeah. no, they were up one. Oh, they, oh, they, they were up could one. Have bro- yeah, yeah, could have yeah. broken yeah. the game open in that moment. All right, so as you guys know, uh, I am uh, I'm going back to one hundred five seven. The fan, uh, myself, the NFL chicks, Sarita Hubbard. We start this Sunday, and it is my first time there in sixteen years, which is crazy. Uh, I got to know uh, this this guy over the years. Uh, I've always enjoyed his work. He, of course, you hear him every afternoon on 105.7 The Fan as part of Inside Access. He is our friend, Mr. Ken Weinman, and he's with us here on GCR. Were you out? Like, did I did I see you were like out picking up garbage this morning? What were you doing out there? Yeah, it was an Odyssey One Thing initiative, so we were out picking up trash uh, somewhere in Baltimore this morning. Uh, the mountain mountain branch road by the water. Look at you, Look uh, at you doing doing trying to make the world a better place. Hey, Earth, I'm an Earth Day guy. You're a big Earth Day guy. That's what they've. Yeah. I've heard that about you over the years. Yes. That there's yes. one That's, thing that you should yes. know about Ken Weinman. It's that he loves the Earth. Yeah, super Jewish and Earth Day guy. That's, That's the things that people say about I've me. I've heard those things. I've definitely heard the other thing about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it was good to see you on opening day. Well, yeah, home opening day. Yeah, I at least wander through. Uh, there was yeah. some. There, now Ken got played though on opening day. There was a, when we were standing around together. There was a guy that was using him to try to get the Jeremy Con. Like it was yes. a very awkward yes. scenario where he's like, "Hey, man, I'm a big fan, but you know who I like more?" Yes, he absolutely said that. I love you, but is Jeremy here? Yeah, right. I said, "Yeah, he's over." He's the guy I really want to meet. Yeah. I swear to God, this is not a joke. So I won. You know, you, you you've done plenty of player shows over the years. You've gone out and yeah. hosted those events. So one year we were doing a player show at um, we were doing Brendan Ian Bedejo's show at okay. High Tops, and this is when my wife and I had first started dating. And Ray Lewis came out to do the show. It makes sense, right? Brendan and Ray sure. are, are, are friends and teammates. It's a big effing deal. I mean, it was a mob scene at this place. So I sneak up, and my now wife, I say to her, I'm like, hey, if you want to run up right now, you can get a picture with Ray Lewis, right? And, like, you know, you would think that any young lady would be very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Later on in the night, I said, hey, baby, that was cool, right? You got to meet Ray Lewis. She was like, yeah, but he also brought Ray Rice out, and I didn't get to meet him. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? 
Are you out of your mind? The, saying the entitlement. That's when you knew you were that she was yeah, yours. She was the one, of course. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. And all right, uh, I got some stuff I want to talk about with you, Ken Weinman. You, I, I know you're a huge basketball guy. Yeah, I am a big Phoenix Suns fan. You are a huge Philadelphia 76ers fan. Yeah. Where does that come from? So I went to prep school for high school outside of Philly and then went to college in Philly. When I was going to high school, my father, and I don't know how this happened, ran the radio network for the Sixers, Flyers, and Eagles. Okay. And so a little known fact, when the Sixers, and this is like the end of Dr. J, uh, Barkley, they, they hadn't traded Moses yet. But they were about to that era. They didn't draw well. So, like my dad, he had four tickets to every game. He's in Baltimore. I'm here. I'm, I'm outside of Philly. I, I was a good student. They let me. You know, I could go to games. I go to games all the time. Like twice a year, he'd get thirty seats. We take a trip, a school trip to the Sixers game. I was. I've been a Sixers fan since probably okay. about 1985. All right. So, who was like the first player that you fell in love with? Would have been Barkley. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I yeah. Guess Charles it... Barkley's my all-time favorite player. Is it because you looked at him and said, "I could be that"? <laughs> like, yes. He's like, that... I'm fat too. Why does that not work for me? <laughs> Um, how confident are you feeling right now after what happened in game three? Uh, I feel much better than, so it's funny. And, and I, I was confident coming into the playoffs and everybody we talked to said, I don't think it's a good matchup for Philly. Yeah. And I trust these people's opinions. I'm like, oh, well, they God. lost three or so, four to Toronto in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, uh, but Embiid's playing his tail off. Maxi is, is right now their second best player. Yep. I think they need to get more from Harden moving forward, but I made a guarantee that they were going to the Eastern Conference Finals before the playoffs started, so I'm going to stay with that. But okay. Miami's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah, I don't think I disagree with that too much. I still, and I can't believe they lost game two. I still think like there's just something about, and maybe it's because as a Suns fan, I, I got... I had to watch it up close and personal a year ago, but like I just still worry about Giannis just at some point being like, I'm different than the rest of you. Yeah. And if I just go in every time, I can walk to the basket and put it in, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, but that would be so Philly would play Miami in the second round, right? And they wouldn't have to play face Milwaukee till the conference. So you would be confident, yeah? You'd be confident about them getting there. I'm, I guess yeah. I mean more in general, just winning, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I want them to win it all. I've been yeah. waiting for that for years. Right, you know, I, right. I remember, I remember Philly playing uh, the Lakers in, in the finals, and Iverson drops forty some and steps over Tyron Lue, wins game one, and I'm like, hey, hey, took took home home yeah, court, right? and then yeah. and, and no, the Lakers went four straight. Didn't go yeah. so well after that. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't go so great for you. If it ends up being, and I'm nervous right now because of Devin Booker. Yeah. Uh, should be. Oh God! I mean, it's like I don't know how to explain it. They're not. They can win some games, but they could they could lose the series to the Pelicans if Booker doesn't come back. Like they could. Yeah. Uh, I I'm, I'm not saying they will. I'm saying they could. They could. I guess they could. Uh, I I do the Pelicans and, and credit to them for winning again. But the Pelicans, no Zion. Uh, I just. I hear you. I I, I just don't think they, they have just, enough to beat. CP3 in there. By the way, the, the the Suns remind me of one of the uh, stupid moves the Sixers have made through the years. They drafted Mikael Bridges, and his wife, oh, his mom yeah. worked for the Sixers in yeah. their ticket office, yeah. and then traded him to Phoenix for Zaire Smith and a pick. Well, Just keep Mikael Bridges. I don't get it. You got, they, you got they, Zaire they, Smith, though. That worked out really well. 
<laughs> yeah, Zaire Smith's been great. Yeah. They also traded up to get Mc- uh, Markel Fultz instead of just drafting Jason Tatum. So, yeah. yeah, that worked out well, too. Yeah, well, you know, other than that, though, trust the process, babe. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? You're yeah. good. This was the plan all yeah. along. It worked well, out. Well, really Embiid's well. a freak, so yeah, he's, the rest he's of it's really, just been junk. He's really good. Ken Wyman's with us. So if it ends up somehow being Phoenix-Philadelphia in the finals, you and I will have to come up with some sort of – uh, bet that nobody else cares about, but like, okay. like we have to just think about that now. We, we have plenty of time, but if it ends up being that, we'll have to come up with some sort of bet at that point. M- maybe something food related. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. I'm a big fan. My Philly go to. I don't know what yours is. Mine is John's roast pork. Is my uh, that is mine, dude? You're not. You're kidding. Oh you're my kidding. god, I love that place. No, John's roast pork is my favorite cheesesteak, brother. I, I mean, the, the cheesesteak. You know what's really funny? I always got the pork. And then I took. See, I've never gotten the pork. Really? And it's not because I'm Jewish. I, I just oh, okay. always somebody sure. recommended the cheesesteak, and it it's, is my favorite. It's cheese so steak. funny you say that because I took a buddy of mine there once, and he was like, "Dude, because he ordered one of both, and he's like, dude, the pork's good. This is the best cheesesteak I've ever had in my life.'" Yeah. And I'm like, "All right, well, I'll try it." And I was like, "God damn, this place doesn't miss." Like, yeah, no, no, in, no indoor seating. You sit nope. outside. Nope. it's like a shack. It's the best. Oh my god, it's incredible. And it, you still get all of it. They yell at you the whole thing. Like yeah. you're uncomfortable while you're in there. Like, like I don't know what I'm doing. Like this lines I, for pork. This lines for cheesesteaks. It makes yeah. no sense. Oh. When the Ravens had the joint practices with the Eagles a couple years ago before COVID, I went out specifically so I could go to John's Rose Pork after. All right. Well, this is going to be the deal. I'll get you whatever it is. We'll do some sort of Mexican food. But uh, if if the if the sun win a trip to John's Roast Pork, you and I, and it's on you, all right? Oh, uh, so cause that sounds like a, a really Don't, smart bet. Yeah, yeah. right? Hey, that works out okay. Yeah. Um, where are you with what the Ravens need to do in the draft? Where are you right now <laughs> with what needs to happen? <laughs> uh, man, uh, I, I think uh, they're overdue on getting some pass rush. Uh, they, but what, but they... what do you do if Jermaine Johnson's not there, right? Like, What about George Karloftis? I, I like Karloftis. I'm, it's weird to me in talking to more and more people how they seem to think there's a separation. Like, I hear more people that don't, that if Jermaine Johnson's not there, say, we like Boye Mafe, right, the kid from Minnesota. Yeah, Maybe, yeah, yeah. We, we've had him on the show. He's good. Yeah, I, I like him. Um, mm-hmm. He's a nice player. I don't know, man. Like, I like Karloftis, but it just feels like the more I talk to people, the more they're like, eh, you know, he's... It it is kind of split. We've talked to people, yeah, like you. We've talked to people. Some of them love him. Some of them think uh, he's he's got a uh, his ceiling is limited, right? Uh, But but man, like to me, and and granted, they had injuries, but this defense stunk week one against the Raiders. I mean, at that point, yeah, Marcus Peters, huge loss, right? But they couldn't get after the quarterback all year, and down the stretch, very you know, maybe they win some of those games anyway if Lamar's not hurt. But they couldn't get off the field in the fourth quarter because they couldn't get to the quarterback. What about? And, okay. What's that? But what? What do you feel about Jordan Davis? Like I like Jordan Davis a lot. I do too. Uh, uh, I, I think he's a freak. It does worry me a little about like can he keep his weight down? I think he's more of a dynamic player than uh, who was the 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 guy Ter- they took Terrence, from Alabama. Terrence, Terrence Cody. Cody. Yeah. yeah, Terrence Cody's pure run stuff. This kid's kind of a freak. Um, I like him a lot, and if they took him, I wouldn't be. If they go and take a cornerback, and and quadruple down on whatever they're doing defensively, right, this is the answer. I, I, I might be livid about that. Okay, okay here's the only thing I'll disagree about, and Ken, I would say if if they if for whatever, and it's not going to happen, so it's irrelevant. But if like Sauce Gardner sitting there at ten, and you can trade a couple of fourth round picks and a third round or whatever to make that difference, 
I, the guy that I, I look at that guy and say that guy's going to be a rock star for twelve years, right? Like, I, I don't care what position you play. He you better be. He better of be. course, I hear you. I don't care what position uh, you play. If you can get that guy, go get that guy. Because that, to me, is the biggest. When I look at this roster, how many special players are on this roster right now? Defensively? At, at all. I mean, entirely. How many truly special players? Like, game-changing. Uh, well, assuming, assuming health. Right. I, I'd say Dobbins, Lamar, Andrews. You're, you're that high on Dobbins, too. A lot of people are. I, I, I think Dobbins was going to have a monster year before he got I hurt. Just, I just, the, the, the whiff in the Buffalo game, still str- I still struggle with it, right? Like, I got to you know, know, know he can block. Because I, I think the world of him is a football player. Yeah. But I got to know and he they can were block. Gonna, they were going to use him, like, going out to training camp last year, you saw what they were doing with him. He was, he was going to be a big part of the passing game, too, and then that all blew up. Um, so I'll go, I'll go those three. On defense, ugh. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, that noise yeah. is exactly Marcus what Williams, I'm Marcus okay, Williams. Sure, Marcus Williams, right. Right. Uh, but the other, but like Marlon, hey, hey. He we thought he was. Right, we, we thought he was special, and then what happened? Yeah. Now I'm a huge Peters guy. I think Peters is first of all he's he, he's he's a dog. Please, and they don't have way, many I, of those I, guys. please please pull out the piece of audio where he said I'm a huge Peters guy. Just please pull that <laughs> yes, piece yes. of audio. I'll isolate that, please. Yes. Um, no, I uh, he I, he's only been here a short period of time, but he might be one of my favorite all time Ravens. I just like the end of the Titans playoff game where everybody's running off the field because they don't like Tennessee, except one guy, Marcus Peters, <laughs> ready to fight the whole team. Right. I, I love that guy, right. and I think they missed him. But he's also coming off a major injury, yep. and I, I don't know if he's still going to be that. He'll be that guy mentally, but I don't know if he's going to be the player he was. I, I, this, so I, but what you're alluding to is exactly where. Like I just need special. I need something that is game changing from moment one. That's that's but, but, where I am. But here's the problem: they they have so much money invested in the back end, and the Ravens are one of those teams that that want to play the game that that they. They they're they're completely hamstrung by by the cap. They don't want to spend right. over the cap. Right. And so if you're going to play that game, you can't put even more assets in the back end when you you haven't put any in the front end. I I, I hear what you're saying. Boy, well, there are so many things we could isolate. We could really turn this into quite <laughs> quite a conversation. It's like Barkley last night <laughs> talking about banging guys. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I hear what you're saying, and, and I'm the guy that's been yelling about this for some time, which is you can tell me all you want about how the analytics say this is how you build a defense, and I hear you, and I'm not telling you that you're wrong, but at the end of the day, what was the most important defensive play that was made a year ago by the Baltimore Ravens? It, it was a, it was a Owe up front against yeah, Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, the strip against like Kansas that, City, yeah. Like, to me, at the end of the day, when the game is on the line, when you have to make a play to win a close football game defensively, it's, and I'm, I'm not, I know this isn't, you know, science, but it feels like seven to eight times out of ten, that play is going to have to be made up front. Well, Glenn, look what the AFC West has done. They've doubled down on pass rush. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, well, the Ravens seem to be, they, they seem to tr- be trying to recreate the wheel defensively, like where everybody else needs to get to after the quarterback, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. And what, no, we're going to do it differently. We're going to get as many set corners and back-end guys as possible. But my issue is you can have Darrell Revis and Deion Sanders in their primes, and with the rules today, if you can't get to the quarterback, they can't cover forever. You're not wrong. That's the way the, I mean, the league changes. But again, the, the numbers, the, the, the advanced stats people will pull it and say, look, in building a good defense, the Ravens are right to build from the backside because this is how mm-hmm. – to me, it's just the difference in, okay, you can be a good defense – but what is it that you need to do to make one play to win a football game? 
that to me is the separating part and why I understand exactly what you're saying and why it would be a tough sell to do anything more in the secondary and oh. I would prefer it to be up front. And I'm oh, oh, oh. I'm a Jordan Davis guy. I'm a big time. Yeah. Like, I'm good with Jordan Davis. Uh but here's the other thing that the last two teams that won the Super Bowl had great pass rush. They did. 100%. <laughs> now look, and they went they went on that. There's only one Aaron Donald unfortunately. You can't go uh, and replicate I mean, I that, that guy. But, but you know what they, they had Aaron Donald and they said, "You know what? We need yeah, Von we Miller need, too." Yep, and we need Leonard Floyd. We need you know, 100%, yeah. right? You're you're a thousand percent correct about that. All right. Uh, what else is going on in your world, man? Like, you know, what 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 else? I obviously the show. What else? You're your Springsteen guy, right? Yes. So yes. I'm you, waiting for him to announce a tour. Are you are you going to do the McCartney show? I've seen him twice already, and I feel like at that price point. Oh, it's insane. And, and, and here's and here's the the other thing, Glenn. And I, Oriel Park and Camden Yards might be my Disney World, and so like the thought of concerts there, I've always wanted yep. to see a concert there. But I've seen Billy Joel multiple times, so I passed on that. Okay. And I've seen McCartney twice. And, like, McCartney and Billy Joel, as much as I love both of them, their set lists are basically the same every It's just time. what they're doing. They're, they're just at that point in their career where it's basically yeah. the same show, yes. Yeah. Whereas Springsteen will do a three-hour show, right. and he's going to mix it up. And, and plus, I'm a, I'm a Springsteen freak, so even if he did the same show, I'd probably go. But, like, I, I want to see something at Camden Yards that... that I'd be willing to shell out that kind of money for it. There were all these rumors about a Pearl Jam show in August. Yeah, there were tons yeah, and there of were rumors, rumors about a spring. I I had it from a pretty damn good source that before COVID, Springsteen was playing Camden Yards, and then really? everything got shut down. Oh man, are you going to be? Do you, do you need a hug? Like, do you need a? <laughs> yeah, that hurt my heart. It hurt my heart. Um, I'm my going, guy in my place. So it's one of the so uh, for whatever random reason, and I've seen just about everybody. I've never seen McCartney. So I, then go. Yeah, and I, like, I, I paid the three hundred seventy bucks or whatever the yeah. f it was because that was what I said. Like I have to see him, and it happened. The fact that it happens to be in Baltimore is amazing. I also dumped yeah. a bunch of money. I'm going to go down to Wolf Trap to see Van Morrison in September. Oh, Because nice. I just you know he was a recluse and didn't play for twenty years, so the opportunity to see Van Morrison is a big deal to me. But I well, get. I, it. I, get I went to a saying. random Colin Hay concert in Annapolis a few weeks ago with, with Jason. Cool. That's cool. I like Colin yeah. Hayes. That's yeah, it was cool. awesome. Was it Ram- was it Ramshead? Uh, no, it was at, it was on like the Naval Academy campus. It was like some random. hall. That's super and it was like in an random. auditorium. Yeah, oh, that's cool though. That's a cool show to go to. Yeah, awesome. And what else is going on in your world? Everything good? Yeah, things are good. Just uh, you know, it's me and the dog, Bruce. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I live a very Wait a quiet Wait a life. Your but... your dog's name is Bruce. Yeah. Really. Yep. Really. Yeah. And do you say when you call him? Do you do the whole thing? Do you say? Bruce. Uh, honestly, usually I call him Brucey. Okay. Yeah, he's a Brucey. Do you but... hear what uh, Grayson Rodriguez's dog is named? I have not. Ace. Oh, I like that. It's awesome, right? Now, he yeah. alleges it's because of Ace Ventura. Nah, nah, dude, nah, dude. That's nah. just because you don't want people to think that's that you're that cocky. I love it. I hey, love how far it up for you to see him in a month or so? Um, I am. I am. I mean, you know, it's funny because we talked to him the other day, and he was like, "I want to get up to a hundred pitches before I make the debut." I'm like, "What hundred? What the hell is the point yeah. of a hundred? You're not gonna throw out." Well, he did seventy five the last time, so it'll I'm, probably be in the eighties the next time. Oh, uh, dude, I'm like, it's unreal. Like, he's just yeah. overwhelming right now. It's yeah. overwhelming. But I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with the idea of let's keep ramping it up. Let's not race. Plus, I don't know if people have noticed the pitching has been fine. It's not the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. you know, they just I'm, can't hit at all. Not a lick. It is brutal. Well, 
We're we're going we're going from subject to subject, but like for me, I like let's just rip off the band-aid, trade Trey Mancini now to get like a Kyle Stowers or a Robert Newstrom up I, here. I just because I want to see those guys. You know, we talked about this before the season. We had this conversation. I hear you. I don't. The best argument that was made. Dan Connolly made this argument. He said, "I've watched too many players come into this organization that didn't have the right type of person around them, mm-hmm. and the value of Trey Mancini." Even not guaranteeing him anything, not you know whatever it is, the value of Trey Mancini for that next group of guys. Because if it's not him, who is it? Who is the veteran that they're looking to? I don't think should be dismissed. And I, I said, That's- I hear you. I I hear you, and I get that. I just know. I in my head they're trading him, so I've just come to terms with it. Uh, but, and- but if they trade him, they're not getting anything. You know what I mean? Like nobody's well, giving but- anything for Trey Mancini. No. He's worth more to them than anybody else, 100%. but that's the problem. They should have traded him at the deadline last year and thought they weren't getting enough, but that's, that's what you're, you're going to get for him. Never you get... might have to package him with somebody to get something half decent. And that's, you know, Paul brought that up before the season. I am all in favor of them taking on someone else's bad contract in a trade like that. Like, I oh, am sure. 100% in favor of, you got bad money that you need. Like, the Orioles aren't spending anything. Take on somebody else's bad money and throw in Trey, Man- Trey Mancini in order to get a real prospect, right? Like, sure. Well, that's I'd... what they, they package Sulcer and Tanner Scott together, and Orioles' Twitter lost its mind over Cole right, Sulcer. Right. And they've got all these arms, Batista and Baker and Perez. Uh, they're fine. They didn't need Cole Sulcer, and they got themselves a, a, a draft pick and an extra million dollars to spend, which tells me they're definitely taking, it, I, in my mind, they're taking uh, Andre Jones' kid because he's going to be over slot, and they wanted that extra money. And and they and this, the, the, the outfielder they got, Fangrass already has him in the top 25 prospects. I mean, I didn't, I couldn't, I, there was no world in which I was getting them worked up about, like, Cole Solcer and Tanner Scott. It was hysterical. Like, it was what, hysterical. What are we doing? Vitriol. Like, what are it's we doing here? It's Cole Solcer, man. It's some cold salsa, baby. Like, I, no no offense, probably a good guy, but what are we doing? Oh. <laughs> like, and Tanner Scott stinks. Right. I mean, like, I get it. We're all enamored by the fact that he can throw the ball really hard, but yeah. he couldn't He couldn't throw it over the plate. Like, no. What are we doing? Zero. What is it Zero. that we're getting worked up about? All right, buddy, you want to plug what's coming up on your show today? Uh, two to six. I, I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm, I still haven't gotten home since uh, going yeah. to pick up garbage. Yeah, right. You've been spending so your money rem- making the world I'm, better. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm more concerned about making the world a better place, but, you. uh, tune in. Uh, we will definitely have some good, uh, football talk, some good Orioles talk. I, I for the life of me, I can't remember who we have on today. Right. I'm sure it's somebody good. <laughs> uh, I think Bishop Desmond Tutu is joining Whoa. the show at 3 30. Whoa. Yes. What yes, a gift. Yes. Man, yeah. I've been waiting for this one. This is yeah, this is the day. Yeah, and, and and we want we're we're efforting to get Sashi Brown on just to talk about the the Washington Go Go and can the Baltimore market steal the Go Go? <laughs> oh, you, you guys really want that? Is that something that you you you? We want a G League team. If the G League played in Towson, you wouldn't go. I would go. I would, but I would go based on who the like. I would have gone this year to see Pat Spencer. Like you know, it would be a player well, but thing. But you go me. next year to see whoever the next guy yeah, is. Yeah, but there, there, had, there, there, there had to be somebody that I would be particularly interested in seeing play. Like, do I, you go? Do you go to blast games? I have gone. Yes, okay, I have gone. Do you go? Then why wouldn't you go? Like, your, your, your point is well taken. It would be something that I could do with my kids. Is exactly yes. right. Right. Like that's and what it's you're good right. Competition about. and yes. like, and there's going to be four guys in the league that decide to go to the G but League instead of going to college. Just built a building for the team down in D.C. Like, I don't think they're looking to move them. Well, well they, they draw about 300 people a game. All right, fine. And it's in a horrible part right, of D.C. All right, you know what? You've convinced me. We'll take them. I'm excited now. Let's go. I want the go-go. Let's go-go. I want the go-go. Let's go-go. Let's do it. <laughs>
at Ken. It's just is it? Wait, wait. Is Ken Weinman Sport? What is your Twitter? I don't even remember now. Uh, it's Ken Weinman Sport. That's what I thought. Ken Weinman Sport is how you follow yeah. him. Inside access yeah. every noon. Appreciate you, pal. We'll uh, we'll talk no to you problem. again soon. Let's, right? let's do this again. Love it, man. Thanks, Ken. All right. Ken Weinman checking in with us here on GCR. I remember we were talking about that. I could, I could, you know what? He's not wrong. I really don't think there's any chance they're gonna move that franchise because they like the fact that they're right there. But he's not wrong. I'd be for it. I don't know if you want to move him to Towson though, because you're. I I did have a conversation with someone recently. Like you're putting a lot of money into this arena. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not what it should be, and we're gonna be disappointed because like, it's not gonna be a new arena. But it will. It is a lot of money. You're gonna need more dates filled. And the relationship between the Blast and the city is not good. I don't think the Blast are going back. I mean, maybe that could you know, be you could frost that out and you could figure that out. Where are out. they playing right now? Towson. Okay. Um, you need more dates. You spend a lot of money on doing all this stuff at the arena. You need more dates filled once you do that. So I could see there being some aggression in landing something for the new arena now the g league is not the right thing for a fifteen thousand seat arena that's the g league can't draw that but there isn't really a sport that can draw fifteen thousand people outside of the nba and the nhl you still need the dates filled you still need there to be something happening in that building so whether that's the g league whether that's pushing for the return of indoor lacrosse as we had talked about a couple weeks ago whatever it is i do think that they need to have a more regular tenant inside that building um, in order to just, for a bunch of different reasons, ones that justify all the money you're spending on it. Like, yes, it's great to have one-off events. It's great to have college basketball games, whatever it is, but there's got to be something that's more regular for hiring reasons, for all of those things, in order for the money to have been worth it that you put into that building. I just can't believe with all the money they're putting into that building that they're leaving that damn stage in there. Well, I don't know if they're actually leaving the stage or not. It needs to come out. I saw another rendering where it looked like, like, you'll see, it'll, it, I don't know, the stage itself might be gone, but you might still see kind of where it was. Like, mm-hmm. I'm still confused about that Just part. Just to know what end but it's still gonna be a squ- it's still going to be a rectangular building. It's still mm-hmm. going to... Like, you can't do anything about that. It's still... G- the problem is if we think this is the answer. If we think this is the answer, we're going to be years behind again. And Frank Remish has done an unbelievable job of continuing to make that a viable building despite the fact that it has been in shambles. The fact that they've gotten the events they've gotten is is unreal the job that Frank Ramish and his team have done. But they needed a new building. They needed something modern in order to get the like big-time events that we were talking about. That's just probably not going to happen with this. Brian Powell, Pearl Jam was supposed to make up their 2020 show at the arena, but due to renovations, I, I understand that, Brian, but after that was canceled, after the Pearl Jam arena show had to be canceled because of the renovations, there were a lot of rumors about a Pearl Jam Camden Yard show. There was a lot of chatter around town about Pearl Jam playing a show at Camden Yards instead. So I don't know if that was just like a hypothetical, hey, if you can't play at the arena, Camden Yards is right down the street, wouldn't that work out? That suddenly got a life of its own, or if it was a real conversation that was being had. I actually asked a couple people and never really got, it wasn't something I was sweating about, but I did ask a couple people and I never really got a definitive answer about ultimately what really happened there, but there were real rumors about a Pearl Jam show at Camden Yards. They would have announced it by now. But yeah, I mean, at this point, 
That's not. They could definitely sell out a Pearl Jam show. The world, the word was August when it was being mm-hmm. floated around. Was that August was when it was going to be? You could announce a show, a Pearl Jam show today, for August. Oh yeah, absolutely. Could. And I just feel like we'd have no announced problem. It yes. Why? Before. Why would you? What would you be waiting for? Right. I don't know. Um, but that was the when the rumor existed, when it was percolating. It was about August that that would be when the show would be at Camden Yards, and I, I don't even I don't even know where Pearl Jam's going this summer. So it might be that they've already got another date somewhere. I'm not. I don't have any Pearl Jam tickets. I can't go to anything else because I spent all of my money on Paul McCartney tickets, all of my kids' college funds on Paul McCartney tickets. So yeah, you said they're screwed. not going to college anyway. So a hundred percent. I don't have to worry about it. By the way, uh, we we are getting a dog. Oh, are, look at you! We are naming him Bruce Wayne. So John Proctor has a dog named Bruce Wayne. Does he really? Yeah. We're naming him Bruce Wayne because I had cat, a dog named we, Bruce we have Wayne, a cat whose name is Lena. For Selena Kyle, who is Catwoman. Oh, okay. All so right. we're naming right. our why, dog why Bruce Cass is trying to, to chime in. You, you, you hate you hate turning that other microphone on. I was just gonna say that's cute. Oh, okay. That wasn't his dialogue. <laughs> well, no, that wasn't. I, I thought it was, was a real tip in that she had. I was gonna ask there. what kind of dog it was. It's a yellow lab. He's a puppy. Adopting. He's, he's four weeks old. Adopting. No, <sighs> we, we we tried adopting, and there were too many loopholes that we had to jump through to do it. Um, we trust me. We wanted to adopt, but he's four weeks old and he's a chunker. Um, we get him May twentieth. I'm I, I'm I'm happy that you're getting a dog. I'm, it's trust very me, tough. Trust me. me. We 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 tried to adopt. We have a house that doesn't have a yard that's fenced in, and it, that makes it very difficult. Please, I'm asking ever. Please adopt. Please adopt. Whenever you get the chance, please. I'm begging you to adopt, and please come out the Project Runway next Friday night at uh, Pier Six. You're going to notice the. There's going to be a. A man in a very strange suit who's the MC for that particular event, supporting Show Your Soft Side and all of the wonderful things they do for animals in our community. I am very nervous that we might end up with another dog. I am very nervous because uh, Sandy and the folks from Show Your Soft Side have invited the entire family out, and I am very nervous about how that goes. Are there goes. odds for that at the FanDuel Casino? Oh, the if, they, if they establish the odds, it would be basically even money. I mean, it would be... I might even lean towards yes being the favorite at this point, like a minus one twenty five favorite if there were odds. I am extraordinary. Wait, you can adopt dogs at this this yes, event? That's the idea of the event. Is well, I didn't know what the event there, was. It's so. a, oh, it's a it, oh, project runway. If you don't know, it's a wonderful event every year that happens at Pier Six. And uh, actually, it normally was at the arena, but because the arena is undergoing renovations, we're doing it this year at Pier Six. This is my first year as MC, and you guys know how much I care about Show Your Soft Side. Um, in fact, uh, Nick Boyle is going to be on the radio show on Sunday because he's going to be one of the models for. So it's a fashion, it's an animal fashion show, Aww. and celebrities walk the runway with dogs and cats that you can adopt. So on some of the models this year are Nick Boyle from the Ravens, Pat Ricard, Ronnie Stanley from the Ravens. Um, Tell me how he looks walking that runway. Yeah, it's important. I get a, a full scouting report on that. I'm trying to remember. I got the whole list, and I've already forgotten about half. Uh, uh, my buddy John Allen from um, Charm City Devils and uh, all the many bands that he's been in over the years. I got the whole list, and I've already forgotten who half of them are, and I apologize. Oh, Tori Smith, of course who is, uh, I, I think, a chairman for the Project Runway, will be rocking the, ro- rocking the runway as well. And you can adopt all of the... Mo- that's the idea, is that we ro- walk them down the runway, and then you can look at them and say, I want that one. And then you can adopt them that night. That's the I concept. I want a dog so bad, but my parents don't let me. But then, or a cat. 
but my parents don't let me. So even though they're watching, they know that this is my idea. Like my whole idea is to just get a dog or a cat. Be like, oh my god! And what are you gonna do? It on the side this, of the road. This is this is my this is the way in. that my wife thought that she could operate in life. Like she thought, like she would literally say, like, what would you do if I just showed up here with another dog tomorrow? And I'd be like, please, just because the answer she knows what the answer is gonna be. I'm gonna be like, fine, he's ours because you know that's who I am. So thankfully. Despite having the leverage, she never used it. She eventually convinced me when our when our old dog we knew was getting up there. She said, "I want to help the kids prepare for that by getting mm, another dog, so and so that way they won't be maybe quite as sad when Lucy passes away because we'll have another dog." <sighs> Sucker that I'm like, all right, I yes, was thinking we'll adopt about another dog, fostering. Like me and my, like I couldn't do it. I would. It would be too well, difficult for me. I, I don't think I could be, do it either. It'd be too okay, tough. so I knew it'd be difficult. But I was thinking because I'm gonna have a house full of five girls next year. Holy smokes! Yeah, so we're all living in a house together, and like two of them are my teammates, and so we don't have any animals. And like we were thinking, well, I was thinking, why not foster a dog, like an old one from the pound, and like have it come live with us until it passes because. It's just sad seeing like yeah. older dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want them to pass away in a shelter. So yeah. like, why not just foster like an older dog? Like most people it's look a sweet for like thought. It's a puppies very sweet or something. Thought. So I'm thinking get an old dog that's probably not doing too well and then just kind of take it in for its last year. Well, so. That would be a very sweet thing to do actually, See? Cass. Yeah. I, li- I, like that a- exactly. I like that a great deal. It's tough because they need a lot of attention, especially older dogs that yeah. maybe are starting to lose a little control of their... Um, bodily functions Mm -hmm. so you got to really i mean it's you got to really be able to give it the attention that it needs but um yeah please come out to project runway please adopt all the animals that are going to be there project runway.com and uh yeah you'll see it there's some doofus you know that'll be doing all the emceeing for the evening i just got the script i've been looking over it um i'll do a couple things to punch it up but sandy actually put together a really nice script and it's very cute and very funny and so uh, I'm looking forward to being there, and it's uh, one of my favorite things every year, and I am extraordinarily nervous about Not only am I extraordinarily nervous, my mother-in-law suggested that she should get a dog and that we should adopt one for her while we're there. And she's like, because she watches our dogs sometimes. She's like, well, I want her to have someone to play with while she's here too because our neighbors have a dog that she plays with while we're at home. So she's like, so she's used to playing. I want her to have another dog to play with while she's over here. I'm like, so I already going there knowing that my wife is looking to adopt a dog for her mom, I 1,000% could see her saying, no, I love it too much. I want it for us. <laughs> I just, I know it. I, I've seen this game one too many times in my life. But that's okay. It's a good thing. If it happens, it happens. We'll live. If there's a pug that walks down it, get it. Just buy it. Just adopt it for me. Okay. I'm serious. I don't care the repercussions of my parents. Just walk in here on Tuesday like, here, Cass, this is yours now. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to do that. Uh, Brian says, it sounds like the stage will be gone at the arena, but they're going to leave this. So this is what I was looking at. They're going to leave the space so acts can build their own stage without blocking any seats. So that's what I'm talking about. Like that sort of, the way that it was cut out around the stage, they're going to leave that. So the stage itself won't be there, but there will be this sort of like weird empty space almost mm-hmm. that they can use for entertaining. Like they can use it to build like a, a club or something for other events. Sure. But if a band comes in or an act, instead of putting the stage on the floor, they'll be able to use the entirety of the floor and they can put the their stage 
in that area. It's very weird. I don't I don't know, man. We just need a new arena. We need it. I'm, I'm happy we're doing something. Something is better than nothing. I think we could have done better than this. That's all I'm saying. All right, uh, when we come back in, we'll get a tidbit, we'll get two, but to wrap up the week, it is Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com stay tuned your chance to win a million dollars is coming up probably not from us you're listening to glenn clark radio all right winding down for the week here on gcr as uh, don't forget tomorrow morning the batter what's coming up on the bat around tomorrow paul uh, we've got todd karpovich and stan the fan coming up tomorrow. talking orioles baseball tomorrow morning on the bat around as they continue their west coast swing tonight out in anaheim is mike trap playing this weekend or i i would imagine that he is okay I haven't been given any indication that he's not, other than the fact that he's day to day. That's that's what I was. Let's see if there's an update on that. I don't know. I'm not finding one, so 
Yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're still, what, nine hours away from the game? Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. It is a West Coast game. All right, as we wind down for the week, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Again, pressboxonline.com slash contests is the link. Go there right now, register, and you and three of your friends can join us for a VIP experience for the first round of the NFL Draft in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. You will have a reserved table for the best live betting night of the year. You will have a $300 bar tab. Do you know how many Patron Margarita trees you can get for $300? If you're not a drinker, you can use it all on delicious food. May I recommend the uh, uh, oh god the, uh, the, the 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 Asian wings? Oh my god, holy! Man, I remember exactly what they're called. They're like real. They're so good. You love and then wings. They have, I do enjoy wings, and then their bowls are delicious. Like. And then, oddly, because I'm not a drinker, I pound away at the cucumber soda water. I mm-hmm. probably have 12 every time I'm there. Um, whatever it is that you're into. What? What are, you, what are you judging? That's disgusting. No, it's not. No, that's disgusting. No, it's most certainly not. It's delicious. You're cucumber? Cucumber soda water. Have you never had a cucumber water? Cucumber water is quite tasty. No. You ever been to a hotel that just had a... And sitting in the lobby, you go fill up on a cucumber water. You're like, really? Why do they put cucumbers in it? And then I you taste it. I never like, either. It's just a little bit different. You're going to get a water. Like, water tastes like water, right? Like, it doesn't taste like anything. So when you get a water and it's got something, just a little something in there to give it some refreshment. Disagree. Aloe water? That's good. Aloe water? Aloe vera water? I don't think I've ever tried aloe water. So good. I don't. So good. You know what? Unlike you, who dismisses things they don't know what they're talking about, I'm willing to listen. I bet it might be good. Then I'll try cucumber Maybe you should, Cass. And I'll let you know. Maybe you should register to win. You're not an employee, so you could be you could you could win. That's Register true. to win. You could come down and have all the cucumber soda waters. You could have three hundred dollars <laughs> worth of cucumber soda waters, but you gotta go I think I said soda in there like I was in Baltimore. Soder. An old soda. Go get yourself a so could get me a soda. Um soda, hon. Because we don't really call it soda, we call it we just everybody around here just calls it Coke. That's what we do. Like we just everybody around here says Coke. Doesn't matter what it is, it could be a Pepsi, it could be a we just call it Coke. That's what really? we do. Oh yeah. No, I call oh, it soda. Yeah. But you're the one. Everybody around here says, no. they, you'll go out. It's the way they interact. And I haven't gotten it. I have not, I haven't drank Coke or Pepsi or soda in 20 years, but I still. Really? Oh, yeah. I have ginger ale, but that's it. That's the only, <laughs> it's the only type of soda that I'll drink is ginger ale. Um, but every time I go out somewhere, like I still hear it all the time. Uh, can I get a Coke? Uh, we have Pepsi. Is that all right? That's, why don't even ask? Just bring me the damn thing. You know what I'm asking for? That's what I want. Working in a restaurant, somebody somebody orders a Coke. Somebody orders a Pepsi. I say, "We well, have Coke." Yeah, and they just get iced tea or water. Well, that's weird. That's that, 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 that's that, a weird. That, bit. that happens. I'd say thirty percent of the time. Very very weird. And the moral of the story, of course, is that if you sign up, you can get whatever it is that you like with that three hundred dollars. You and three of your friends can hang out for the first round of the NFL draft on Thursday night. But you got to sign up by Tuesday at noon because that's when we're picking the winner. Tuesday at noon. Get signed up, and you can join us for the first round of the draft. Again, pressboxonline.com slash contest. On top of everything else, the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard and I are going to be there. We'll be hanging out with you with great giveaways. It's going to be an awesome, awesome night. You're going to want to join us. All right, so the Orioles' offensive woes have been well-documented this season. We all know the story when it comes to runners in scoring position how abysmal the team has been in that category. 
But did you know the Orioles ranked dead last in baseball with four home runs and in the bottom third of the league in OPS, batting average, and slugging, slugging percentage while also leading the league in strikeouts? I, I mean, I didn't know, but it all sounds about right. All of this despite having four players on the roster who have hit 30 homers in a major league season and six who have hit 20. In, in the Orioles' history, five players have hit 30 homers and 40 doubles in the same season. The same season. Who are they? Five, you say? Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Murray. Uh, no. Cal Ripken. He did it in 1991. There's a reason why he was MVP, despite the fact that the 91 Orioles sucked. He also had like an 11 war season that year. Yeah, he was nuts. And they were terrible, and he yeah. was MVP anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Home run derby champion, too. That's correct. Uh, Frank Robinson? No. He was not a big doubles hitter. Not a big doubles hitter. You're right. He wasn't a big doubles hitter. But again, you're trying to... Like, you're looking for power hitters right. in general is what you're looking for in order to find this. I'd say every guy on this list is known as a power hitter. Yeah, I mean, I would assume so. And I'm going to say Chris Davis. Chris Davis in 2013. How many doubles is it? 40. That's the tough part about it, right? Because 40 is a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to... The problem is it's a small sample size. So I'll say Nelson Cruz, but I don't think it's no. Nelson Cruz. Yeah. He had like 32. Right. It's a lot of doubles, man. I always put forty doubles as like the benchmark for for a player. It's like if you if you hit if you hit forty doubles in a year, you're a good hitter. Um, okay, I won't disagree with that. That's probably about right. Uh, doubles. Rafael Palmero. No, I'm a little surprised by that. He was he was he was like thirty six. He was a pretty good doubles hitter. Yeah. yeah. Um, boy. Uh, huh. Huh. So how to be someone who hit for a pretty good average? Yeah, all these guys in the year that they did it hit for a pretty, pretty good average. Everybody hit for a pretty good average in the year that they did it. Only one guy on this list did it. The Miguel Tejada year. He did it in 2004. That is correct. I'm still missing how many? Two? Two. Thanks a lot for all your help, Cass. I really appreciate it. I want to join in a game. I just, I can't with this. Manny Machado. Manny Machado did it in 2016. So the guy that you always associate with doubles in Orioles history is Brian Roberts, but he never had that many home runs. Right. His career high was 18 in the year that he bent his elbow in half. Guy was running down the first baseline on a bunt by Rob. Or, or, was running down the first baseline on a bunt. Roberts went to cover the bag. He stuck his glove out to catch the ball. When he caught the ball, the guy hit his yeah. arm and it flapped yeah. backwards. All right, you might have to give me something on the last Ew. one. Um, he is a new, a known douchebag. Oh, Aubrey Huff. Aubrey Huff. I, in, I, in I did not. I did not know that he had. That's. That, that, I don't remember Aubrey Huff being that good of a player. Two th- he wasn't in 07. In 2008, yeah. he hit over 300. He hit 32 homers, and he had 48 doubles. Yeah. Drove in over 100. I just don't remember him being that good. a really good year. I believe you. I just don't remember it, because probably because I hated him. So, yeah. you know. It's a one-hit wonder. <laughs> he, had some, even, he, he actually had other seasons he had some really where he was good. Years. He won the World yeah. Series a couple <laughs> of times. You guys made it sound like it was just 2008. In Baltimore, he was only really good for uh, He was a one-hit wonder yeah. in Baltimore. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Multiple seasons. I thought it was punny. Uh, uh, I appreciate where you what you were trying to do, Cass. Thank I do you. appreciate that. All right. Uh, tidbit brought to you by this print issue of Press. You want to hold it up, Cass? You want to be the, the spokes model for it? There it is. That's the new print issue of Press Box, which is available right now. You got to hold it up, though. You can't. Yeah. 
It's available at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box. On the cover, you see Adley Rutschman, of course, Orioles catcher, soon to be Orioles catcher. And a great story from Luke Jackson diving into where his passion came from for baseball, for catching, why he has become such a leader everywhere he's been in his career and part of what made him so valuable for the Orioles with the number one overall pick. He uh, talked to a lot of members of Adley's family. A lot, family? Family? Family. Oh, the old family. A lot of people that know him well. It's a great cover story. Go get it today for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox, read it all. Pressboxonline.com. Thank you, Cass. Here's what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular-wise. It's a lot. I can't possibly tell you all of it. Orioles Angels starts tonight out in Anaheim. Tonight's game, 9.38, Masson 2, Bruce Zimmerman and Reed Detmers. Tomorrow, Masson, 9 o'clock, Spencer Watkins, Noah Syndergaard, who I had kind of forgotten was out there, if I'm being completely honest about it. I just sort of forgot. Making $20 million. Good for him. And then uh, Sunday, 4 o'clock, Chris Ellis and Jose Suarez, your pitching matchups for the weekend. Uh, NBA playoffs. Tonight, ESPN, Heat Hawks, Game 3 at 7. Suns Pelicans, Game 3, 9.30, ABC. Bucks Bulls game three at eight thirty tomorrow NBA playoffs TNT Sixers Raptors game four at two Mavs Jazz game four at four thirty ESPN Grizzlies Timberwolves game four at ten Celtics Nets game three at seven thirty on Sunday NBA playoffs ABC Bucks Bulls game four at one Warriors Nuggets game four three thirty TNT Heat Hawks game four at seven Suns Pelicans game four at nine thirty lacrosse for the weekend ESPNU for the big one Maryland Hopkins tomorrow night at six from Homewood Field CBS Sports Network has an Army Navy doubleheader very cool they're going to do the men's game at noon and the women's game at two thirty they're not at the same location but um it's a cool doubleheader the women are at home tomorrow afternoon uh the maryland women uh, take on northwestern 11:30 a.m tomorrow on big 10 network the maryland baseball is on big 10 network both tonight and tomorrow uh, tomorrow night from illinois tonight at nine tomorrow night at eight towson's at fairfield tomorrow at 3:30. no sean natalin for uh, covid reasons but that's on lax Sportsnet. loyola's at colgate at noon on espn plus tomorrow all the rest of the lacrosse find at glennclarkradio.com of course tyson fury dillian white tomorrow afternoon two o'clock espn plus pay-per-view you know how i feel about it if you follow live casino and hotel on social media as we shared some advice for betting the fight paul anything that stands out nine sports wise Nothing till Sunday. I, I mean, Netflix has a few new series. A long. Oh, I finally ride. last night got to watch uh, Better Call Saul. I yep. finally watched we both episodes. It last night. Yep. Yeah. Um. So on Sunday you have um, what's it called? Winning Time: The Rise of the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty. Uh, new series Barry and another new series The Baby on HBO. Well, Barry's not a new series. It's, it's a, a new, new series. season. New yes. season. Yes. Right, um, and then on Showtime, The Circus, Inside the Greatest Political Show on Earth at 8 o'clock, and First Lady at 9, and then The Man Who Fell to Earth yeah. at 10. And then I, I believe it's a premiere of Gaslit on Stars. Sure. I believe you. I don't know what yeah, it is. There's, there's not much. Everything It's all sports this weekend. Um, but Monday is We Own the City. Um, speaking of which... And more Better Call Saul. Wait, they do... Oh, Monday. Yeah, that's right. They're both on Mondays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that all about? Two competing Should networks. I thought about that ahead of time. That's a lot. It's a lot for everybody. I mean, I've already watched We Own the City, so I'm good. Like, I'll be able to watch Better Call Saul on Monday night, but it starts on Monday. Very excited. Speaking of which, uh, Delaney Williams, who uh, plays Kevin Davis and was also on The Wire, is going to be joining us on Monday to talk about We Own the City. I'm looking about. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. Um, 
The tubular was also brought to you by the Baltimore police. Mm, that could have been better timed. Baltimore police looking for some folks. They're looking to uh, improve. They want to get the best people possible in those roles. If you're the type of person that makes fun and is like, ah, you don't have the right people. Well, maybe today's the time for you to step up. You know, somebody who is the right person, have them step up. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good. BPDrecruit.org. Thanks today to um, Ken Weinman. Thanks to Sam Sesums, who's coming to Coppin State from Penn State. Thanks to Sarah Perlman. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Don't forget the bat around tomorrow morning, 10 to noon. We'll be back on Monday. As I mentioned, Delaney Williams is going to join us. And on Sunday from 1 to 4 on 105.7 The Fan, it's myself and the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, and Rita has booked a hell of a show. I don't. We haven't talked about whether or not we're going to announce it ahead of time. We were thinking that maybe we just surprise everybody, but, like, my God, Rita was putting in work this week, booking some guests. So we got a hell of a show coming up. I guess I did already mention that Nick Boyle is going to join us. So, um, But uh, that's that's not it. I promise you there is a lot coming up Sunday from 1 to 4. Cass, you are on social media. Instagram, Cassidy underscore Elizabeth 22, and then Twitter, Cassidy Butler 5. Of course, uh, Paul is at Paul Valley the Third. Thanks to him. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. You can follow us uh, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks to everybody who makes the show possible. Everybody at Pressbox, great sponsors and partners, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia. Oh, Cass loves Royal Farms. Cass is a big Royal Farms person. FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the Baltimore Orioles. By the way, the Orioles extending the $4 ticket offer for the next homestand. Nice. They're bringing it back for the next homestand, so that's very cool. Your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Have a great weekend. Go Orioles. Go all the local lacrosse teams. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. <laughs>